from the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 Basketball Facility in Rockland, California. It's About That Life Podcast with your host, Coach C. Collins and Coach MJ. Hey, welcome to About That Life Podcast. I'm Coach C. Collins. Coach MJ couldn't be here today, but uh, he's always here in spirit as usual. So again, I got another good show coming for you guys. Um, got a guest that I've been trying to get on for a while. Um, but before we get to that, let me do my quick shout out to my sponsors. Um, and also, again, if you're checking out uh, out on the audio side, hit that follow, hit that like, hit that subscribe. If you want to check out the YouTube, it'll, it's always out there as well. But um, first, shout out to my first sponsor, uh, Hardwood Palace. Uh, if you're looking for AAU tournaments, if you're looking for rec level, AAU level, please go check them out. Um, tell Grant or Steve, uh, Coach Chris Collins sent you, and um, they'll hook you up and help you out. And also, shout out to Dr. Dish, best shooting machine on the market. Why? Because they sponsor me, so they're the best shooting machine on the market. So uh, please go ahead uh, if you are looking for – a machine for your kid or your program tell them about that life podcast sent you and they will hook you up with a discount so please um go check them out when you get a chance now with all that out the way let me get to my guest um this this brother i've no i've personally have seen him and watched him uh from afar for years um when i was a young guy young coach stepping into aau I, and he's he's accomplished quite a bit and I'll let him you know give you guys his story I've researched his story so you know I, we'll get to all that in a second but um, he's done a lot to help the women's basketball community um, and I'm big on trying to showcase and put more light out there on women's basketball in general right it, it, especially we're kind of in a good renaissance right now with what uh, Angel Reese and 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 the college scene has done for women's basketball, I mean, you got you know college girls out there making a million dollars now. So, you know, shout out to them and everything they're doing. But a lot of people don't know all the people that put in the work on the grassroots level. They really don't. And you know, overall, if you've been rocking with me, this is what episode think like 70 now you know I've been a big proponent on uh trying to get the people out there that are doing the work um uh, a voice and and uh some light shined on the work they're doing um right wrong or indifferent whether you 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 like it hate it or whatever uh these are the people that are helping influence the generation and the next generation and the next generation of basketball so with all that being said let me introduce my guest Sean Chambers <laughs> How you doing, yeah. brother? This is good. Thanks, man. Appreciate All right. it. <laughs> I try. This is good, man. <laughs> I, um, so before we get into the AAU side of everything, um, what I typically try to do, always open the platform up to my guests. Um, you know, you can do a quick summary of who you are, your basketball background, your AAU, all, all that stuff. You know, um, let the guests know who you are. You know what I mean? Okay, um, for those who don't know, uh, my name is Sean Chambers. Um, I am a true Sacramento uh, grassroots guy through and through, meaning that I went to, grew up in high school here in Sacramento, went to elementary school, junior high school. Uh, my first experience really, when I start thinking about basketball, um, we used to, my mom, I'll even back up, we little bit of our my grassroots. I grew up originally living in Meadowview area. So okay. you know the Meadowview area. Yeah. 
the community there is what it is, what it is. Right. And then by some family situation, we end up moving to Oak Park. So being a kid that had to maneuver going from Metaview <laughs> right. to Oak Park, yeah. to Oak Park right. that was a whole different animal. And when I was in Oak Park, I was a baseball guy. Then you had to learn how to maneuver in Oak Park after living in Metaview. And then after living in Oak Park for about, I think we were there for three to four years, um, family dynamics happened again. And then all of a sudden we're in North Highlands. So now I'm an Oak Park kid. <laughs> you went all the rough places. <laughs> to North Highlands in, in middle school. So my first uh, touch and love for basketball actually originally started in Oak Park. I, I, I was in uh, a middle school out there and I tried out and I actually did not make the team as a seventh grader, but it's, it's not one of those crazy stories like I, I got cut. I was an alternate, but the thing was, back then we had 7th, 8th, and ninth graders at Peter Lassen Middle School all had to be on the same team. There wasn't a team for 7th and 8th graders and a ninth grade team. Right. Back then, ninth graders were still at, at the middle school. So okay. It wasn't one of those crazy stories like, oh, man, I got cut and I was no good. I was just really, it was the numbers game. Right, right, the ninth right. graders were really the main guys and the eighth graders and a few seventh graders. At that time, my mom, we had a set family dynamics. We moved to uh, North Highlands. Got the Don Julio High Middle School, which is connected to Highlands High School. Mm-hmm. Got the Don Julio. Literally got there a week before they had their tryouts when we moved in there. And they had a seventh and eighth grade team. And a ninth grade team. So I instantly made the team, was solid, great friends. Some of my best friends still today, Mike Bradley, who's assistant coach at Sheldon High School, mm-hmm. was on my team and some other guys like Earl Gamble and some big-time kids. That My middle school team was actually pretty amazing. If you know anybody that's any old heads out there in Sacramento, um, I had a middle school team of my teammates was a guy named Mark Shelby, went on to play at Cal Poly Star, a guy named Kevin Nixon, Went on to go play in Utah and be a star. A guy named Mike Fredericks uh, ended up going to Foothill and being a star. Like we had like six or seven guys on that team that ended up being first team all city yeah. at different schools yeah. on that middle school team. All on one team. All on one team. So that was my first experience about about basketball was going up and down Julio and then Highlands at the time. Uh, people don't know this because you don't know anything in history about Sacramento. North Highland was one of the most mecca sports high school in all of the city in the 80s it was a monster from every sport you could make a think of from football basketball was a monster and if you can play basketball at highlands high school you had to be legit yeah and i mean legit it was no freshman playing or j or sophomore playing varsity it was just jv and jv and varsity that's how it was when i was in high school i I grew up in oakland but i went to oakland tech and that's exactly how it was so um, and, and again, we had ninth grade was at the middle school. And then, and then my first year in high school in Highlands is when we started moving the ninth graders into the high school, um, to the high school level. Mm-hmm. So my, my sophomore year, we were done in my, um, start, I was pretty solid. My junior year, I was actually not very contributed to the team. Okay. When the player. So when you think about all the things that kids are going through now with AEU and trying to rush the, you know, push the needle so fast and get ahead of the game. Uh, I'm one of those stories that as a junior in high school, I don't even know if I got off the bench much. <laughs> okay. Didn't get off the bench much. All right. And then um, going into the summer of my senior year, I, I don't know what came up. Oh, I, I know what it was, really was, that 
I thought I was next in line to be a starter, next to be a player on the varsity team on the senior as a senior. But we had like three guys that were transferring over from Grant High School. Okay. Oh, what happened was we had a school. I don't know if you know this, Nordy Del Rio. That was a mm-hmm. big time school. That was the Grant's competitor. Okay, it was in the Strawberry Manor side. Well, Nordy Del Rio, Nor- Nordy Del Rio closed, and there was legends like Reggie Rogers and Don Rogers were legends at this school. Um, back in those days, and it closed, and those kids ended up going to. Some came to Highlands because okay. they had such a nasty rivalry with the Del Paso Heights kids mm-hmm. because it was a it was contentious back then. Yeah, it was yeah, two yeah. tough neighborhoods. You yeah. had Highlands, you had Del Paso Heights, you had Oak Park, and you had the Meadowview area. When we played each other, and even Harm Johnson at that time, when we played each other, it was tough. You yeah, had to be it was, yeah. it was it was it was on police escort, police escort, one hundred percent police escort. So when Nordy closed, a lot of those kids like I can't go to Grant, right? We was beefing yeah. on a regular. Yeah. So some of them ended up at Highlands. It wasn't that far away. Well, that summer, I, I call it like one of the things that in pretty much everything I do in, in my career outside of basketball, as a coach, as a player, I operated out of the fear of failure. Now, I don't know if that's always positive, right? but that really pushed my needle. So. I had this fear that a, a guy was coming over. Everybody knew him. He's a well-known guy. Um, he was coming over to Highlands, and everybody was like, he's probably going to start over you. Well, that summer, working on the fear of failure, I would run up to Highlands High School from my house. I would go to the football field bleachers, and I would run bleachers literally every day by myself, 110 degrees heat. Um I was like, I'm going to be different than everybody. Go home, and I was doing things out of fear of failure that um, didn't realize it is now one of the things that we do as training, like what we call ladders. Yeah. Well, when I would walk home from the high school, I lived behind railroad tracks. So the way I walked, I would get on the railroad tracks, and I would just be hitting every block, just weird, just just trying to help my walk home be a little bit more entertaining. Literally that I know I was working on my quick feet. So um, so I, I literally did that. I'm not joking. Every day the summer. And then we would play. I don't know. We'd play on the blacktop out there at the Highlands. And then we'll go play. At, we used to have a school called Campus Verde. Where we, North Highlands was well, well known for. We would open up the gym on Wednesday. And the whole community would come in. And it was the old school stuff where if you won, you stayed on the court. Right. If you lost. You were done. For, done. Yeah. <laughs> so it was doggy dog eat world at Highlands on Saturday mornings and Wednesday nights. Well, I start realizing I was starting to have success against some of the guys I looked up to, like one of the guys who referee out here named Baron Dixon, uh, John Jordan. I mean, the community was thick. Highlands basketball community was thick. So when I was starting to have success against them, I was like, oh man, wait like a minute. I'm getting pretty good. I'm getting pretty good. So it drove <laughs> me more. So, and, and I'm telling you, Sacramento Heat. Every day, June all the way through September, I was at the school by myself. And, we, you know, we don't have it like it is today where yeah, yeah. the fences are blow, right, closing right. the schools. I know, you right. didn't have access. Yeah. You can literally go into the football field, run the bowl, right. and nobody was tripping. Absolutely. You know? So come back the next school year, well, we, 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 had a, um, we started doing summer league, and I just hit the scene like a monster. 
like people were like, what happened? And I don't even know what happened, but I just knew out of fear of failure, I was going harder than everybody else. I didn't have any quit. I wasn't very skilled though. So this is the crazy part. Like right now, I don't know if you know, I think I was ranked in the top 30 of all time, the Sacramento greatest players. But even as a high school player, I didn't have skill. Did you, was it just raw athleticism? Just, just raw okay. motor. All right. Like, I worked out at fear. Like, I cannot lose to you on the court, whether it's a jump ball, loose ball, rebound. I don't care who it is. And it was like to the point, like, at times, my teammates <laughs> would be upset with me because when they're trying to go easy, there was no yeah, you, easy in me. So you're like it, zero to a hundred. Didn't have, didn't have ninety. I didn't have eighty five. I didn't have seventy. It was a hundred and ten, and it was really still out of fear of failure. Okay, because I, um, you know, part of those things, we, guys who grow up without fathers and father figures in their life, you keep thinking that guy that got an older brother taught him something, yeah. or that dad. Now that's all false. Right. But that's what I grew but up that's with. That's what you were thinking, right? And, and especially in the communities I grew up yeah, with, yeah, right? You yeah. grew up in Meadowview. Yeah, it's all. On and popping, you grow up in Oak Park. It's yeah, triple popping, right, you know. Right. And then you make it the Highlands. And then the thing about Highlands was, as tough as the neighborhood it was and still is, back then we had the Air Force bases. Mm-hmm. So when you had the Air Force bases, there was a structure that was in place from the base because a lot of the students there, parents were in the military, so you had dads and mom there that had to follow guidelines from the military bases and then they had stability at home okay so that intimidated me a little bit because okay. i was just with mom right and two right, sisters right so so like that fear of fairy just drove me drove me and then next thing i know i am one of the top five players in sacramento nice. our team goes 33 and 0 we have one of the greatest records in the history in sacramento and i'm just a monster but it's still not like some of the kids we deal with now, I don't know it. I'm not thinking I'm all that. I don't even know what my plan is after high school. Right. I'm just in the moment. That's good. So, uh, so, so my basketball career just took off. Took right. off. But there was no plan afterwards. And then actually, a lot of people don't know this um, because of running those bleachers, because running the stair. I mean, running the the railroad, railroad tracks, tracks. Yeah, running railroad tracks. I, I think I still do hold the record for Sacramento for high jump. Oh, wow. At 7-1 in high school. Jeez. So I ended up being a high jumper, and I had zero skill level. Did I was saying no form? Nope, zero. <laughs> Just jump over. I, Just, I, I know I had athletes like that at yeah, JC, yeah, so I yeah, get it. Yeah, so uh, I had zero form, zero, zero skill level. My boy, Mike Bradley, the assistant coach at Sheldon High School, he was my best friend. He was actually kind of like my pseudo coach. Yeah. His coaching style was like, man, you suck. <laughs> you you barely over the bar this high. Like you, but I jump a bar, let's say six six or six five, and right. he's like, you barely over the bar like this. You <laughs> terrible. You don't represent so Highlands. Kept, so it kept you don't challenging. You kept pushing you. Okay. And I I'm like over that. the bar really this high though. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> man, I felt like I was up there. I felt I was really up there. So I'm like, okay, put the bar at six eight. Go six eight, and I was literally back then. It was crazy. I would take like one, two, three step, jump right. over the bar, and like uh, hate to say, it, but like all the guys that were out there yeah. doing all the traditional all tape the, right, and right. ropes, yeah, yeah. white guys out there, like what is this? And, you're just running. and I'm just <laughs> boom, and I'm out. So, 
So I so because of that, all that was again, I was doing jumping just out of fun, and I took third place in the state uh, my senior in high school. Then I because I now going back to basketball, I didn't have a plan. Okay. Like what am I? I was we weren't in the state age the era we are in now where okay, what are you gonna do? Like who's getting you recruited? Who's getting your name out there? Mm-hmm. Who's putting game film out there? You know, and we were the best team in the city, one of the top ranked teams in the state of California. Uh, the only offers I had coming out of high school was San Francisco State, Chico, and I think maybe Sonoma State. Okay. Okay. So what happened was that summer we took a, my coach, Coach Montrose, God rest his soul, he passed away a while back. He took all of us, the Highlands kids, decided, like, I'm going to do something different with this group because they seem to be different. He took us to San Luis Obispo to a Cuesta basketball camp in the summer. We go out there, and basketball is really huge in the in Central Coast. I don't know if you know that, but, like, uh, Mission High School. and yeah, all, yeah, that was absolutely. In the, yeah, St. Saint, yeah. Saint Joseph's. Yeah, Saint jo- yeah that's yeah. Jason Kidd's um, yep. school. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, so yeah. It's, it's big. It's it, Basketball is big in Central Coast. People don't realize that. Uh, if you're not there, we go out there to a camp. We literally, we, we sleep in the, the weight room. So we can, we can do dorms. So our coach right. take us like, we got sleeping bag. We take seven, eight guys there. We go to this camp and there's some high major basketball teams there that all meet in the Central Coast at Cuesta college. And we smoke everybody. Nice. And I'm just, just raising right. a bar up here and people are just going wow. Uh, my skill level, and again, my motor, my drive. Well, after my senior year in high school, I didn't get recruited by a whole lot, but the coach at Quester remembered me. Mm-hmm. And he kept kind of reaching out a little bit, a little about what my uh, high school coach was mantra. I was like, if Chambers is not happy with going to San Francisco State or yeah. Sonoma State, you know, and he wants to get out of Sacramento, think about coming to Quester College. Nice. And I remember how beautiful it was. That was the first time kid grew up in Meadowview, Old Park, North Highlands. Highlands. I've never been to an ocean. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, that's true. You're I've never been to yet. an ocean. I've never right. been out of those communities. Right, right. And and it's it's like full circle. I'm I'm a school administrator now, and I know my students I deal with. They never make it out of Meadowview. They never make it out of South Sac. This is their world. I was that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, the first time I went to San Luis Obispo and I saw an ocean, I remember still today, it took my breath away. Yeah. Like when you go around the Pismo Beach bend, and I was like, what yeah. is this? Exactly. And the culture is different. And the I mean? feel, the vibe, yeah. the quietness, yeah. you know, the the smell of the air, the, you don't hear sirens, you don't hear helicopters. Right. It was like, it was different. So... When uh, uh, Coach Hanson, he was the head coach at, at Quested College for like 30, 40 years. Old school guy, one of those old school white guys. Mm-hmm. With all he lived and did was drink and sleep basketball. <laughs> Got me to come out there. I go out there. And it, back, you know, and again, back in the 80s, uh, you thought like when you were going leaving North Highland, Sacramento, going out to San Luis Obispo to, to go to college. Yeah. To junior, it was a junior college now, right? right Quested. You thought like, you may not see everybody for the rest of your life. It was such a, <laughs> my mom, my sister, we were all crying. Right. I'm like, you think you like, you really leave it. You forever. really leave it forever. 
And uh, so I get the Questa, and then I had the rude awakening of, like, all the things that, although I love my communities, I love where I grew up, I love the the foundation that I got from the North Highlands community in Oak Park, all the things that they did not prepare us for, mm-hmm. especially for young African-American men. Yes. So I get out to Questa, and although it was a junior college, we lived in a dormitory complex that was mixed with Cal Poly students. So you do your student orientation, you get there, um, you're in the dorms, and I'm one of one of maybe 500 students that is only African-American in dorm. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, this is awkward coming from yeah, those communities I came shock. from. Yeah, yeah. culture shock. I get there, we do an orientation, and all the students are talking about what are their majors are, what are they going to do in four years, and what are their plans after college. And I was never felt so like I didn't fit out of place or incompetent in my life to hear people like, I'm going to be a history major. I'm going to be a computer technology. I was going to be trying to figure out like, I'm going to be a civil engineer. Right. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I'm in the back of the room. Like, don't come to me. Don't come to me. Right. And I was like, they coming to me. I'm like, I'm um, social science. Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm going to do social science. I don't know. That's what they told me. So, all right. Get there. So then I, I remember just feeling so like, wow, I have no clue. And these guys got a plan in four years. And I still was, thing that still stick with me today, like, man, you know, I'm in my late 50s now. And it was like, this guy's going to be a civil engineer. And I have no idea what that means. Right. I have no idea what that means. And I still just shook me in when I was back then in the dorms. Well, obviously, it took a while for me to get adjusted there. It took a while for me to be like the first African American friend of, a lot of students there. Yeah. And, and we still have that here. Yeah. Like, so I remember there were kids that were from Oak Ridge High School. I'm like, yeah, or El Camino. I'm like, yeah. nah, I know where El Camino is. Right. Oh, no, we didn't have black kids there. No. Like, Rio Americano. No. Sacramento. Didn't. We don't, we don't have black kids there. Right. You know, Jesuit. We maybe had three or four that were athletes, but yeah. for the most part, a lot of those kids never had black friends. So that was shocking me because Oak Park, sure, we were all black community. No, not a lot of white kids. North Highlands, we were a melting pot yeah. because of the Air Force base. Yep. So we, it was a mix of everything. So jump forward, get the quest there, and I was, of course, I was homesick for the first couple, for the first couple weeks, month, and then I just started finding my niche. Uh, all my roommates were, I had four roommates. They were all white guys, um, all from like Santa Rosa, um, Sonoma, and they were just different, but none of them were athletes. So things were rough at first because I was just trying to find my niche there. Yeah. But I, I, what I did again, the fear of failure, what I did not want to do, what happened to a lot of kids in Sacramento and old park, they came back home. Exactly. That, they came back home. That happens in the Bay. It just, it's just part of our culture. I part of our culture. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you feel right? like you're yeah. a fear FOMO. They feel they're missing out what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And I was like, as much as I wanted to go home, I'm like, I cannot do it. I must stick this out. So, finally, basketball training starts happening at Cuesta, and then you got to really get after it. Right. So, people were just, minds were blown because what I was able to do, I was a small forward. I was playing like the forward position in high school. You know, you're 6'2", athlete. Right. That's what you do yeah. in high school. 
I got to Cuesta and I was able to start branching out my game. Like I want to be a guard. Right. I want to be able to handle the ball and mix it up. Now I still couldn't shoot the ball for a lick, but I can score. Right. So I had the ability to score off the dribble. I had the ability to score like mid range, short range, whatever have you not. So because I was at Cuesta, nobody, they knew of me, but they didn't know me. Right. I didn't have to be stuck in this box. Like, cause there were schools like AR, Sac City, mm-hmm. They were trying to keep me to get me to stay home and, and stay here. But I remember guys being stuck in the box because that's what yeah, they did in high school. That's what, they did. Yeah, that's exactly. what they're going to do with you right, here. Right. right. So I'm not doing that. So I got out there and I literally have to every day fear of failure. Uh, I got crazy stories, man. I mean, you, you talk about what's about that life. Yeah. yeah like yeah. literally my, <laughs> like I was built different, man. You know, and I was different. I've, I've, Trust me, I've researched and I've heard. I was different. So you got the training. I got all these guys from all these different schools. And, and you, when, as you know, like junior college kind of can be tricky. Junior college tries to play your sophomores first and let the f- freshmen yeah, develop, and, develop so they right. can keep that pipeline. So right. you keep your numbers. Right. And I was like, I got to start. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I don't right know mentality how, to have. I don't know how it's going to happen. Right. There's seven, eight sophomores that came back from last year's team that was pretty good at Cuesta. But I got to start, man. Right. I don't know. I cannot sit the bench. I got this field fairy not starting. So I was literally probably one of the most liked teammates on that team and the most hated on that team. <laughs> okay, I can see that. The most hated. We do sprints drill. I had to win every one of them. We do whatever kind of drill it was in practice. I had to be first in all of them. When we scrimmage, I was like, we had to win every scrimmage, the freshman team. You had a freshman team, he had a sophomore team, he had a mixed team. We doing three and three, I had to win all of them. And I mean all of them. But you basically put the pressure on your coaches to where they couldn't deny how good you are. You know what I mean? Like, And that's what I try to preach to my kids. Put, that pre- put the pressure on your coach. Don't Absolutely. give them a reason. Make them have to look at your game and go, you know what, this kid's pretty damn good i might have to put them out there you know what i mean like that's what i always try to tell my so, boys so that basically would happen we have this thing to call the we call the the tower in sequest it's a, it's a mountain that you run straight up and it's about a you go like 100 yards up in it on a straight hill mm-hmm. and it literally makes half the team quit in the first three of school it really does it's kind of a, a method for him to like okay yeah, yeah, yeah. junior college i got 30 guys out here i gotta get some guys that really want right. to be here or not yeah and um we time it, and we had a, a guy named Brock Aaron's white guy was out of Los Gatos. He was he was a monster. He would run it up at like a minute. I'm like, okay, shit, I gotta get up there in a minute. I gotta get up there in fifty eight seconds. He get up there the next time in fifty nine, fifty six seconds. Okay, I gotta be up there fifty four seconds. Right, and I didn't make it. I'm going back now. I'm doing it again. Right, and the rest of the guys in question was like. They probably looking at you two like, damn it, would y'all stop? <laughs> this dude is. They really thought I was crazy. Like he's crazy, and I be. was like, again, I was a different kid because I'm a good kid. I'm a mama's boy. I was growing up in the church my whole life. I went to church four times a week growing up as a kid. That's a whole nother story. Um, but the one thing I could not beat him was we would do like three mile runs, and he had one of those old school just, <laughs> and I'm out full. And could never beat this guy. Right. Can, and to the day, that bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> bugs the hell out of me. Now, he couldn't play like me, but that bugged me. Right. But now, 
Going back to questions, my experience going the basketball season started going right before the season start. I, I probably literally had a, almost a physical fight with every guy on my team because I was because the, the sophomores. Yeah. So what happened was I was with the freshman team and I wanted to keep showing the sophomore like I need to start. I don't care what position it was. The coach had his son on the team. He was the point guard. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Today, Aaron Hansen is going to get it. And I mean, I'm playing in full court on my own. Like, we're supposed to be playing right, half court defense. Right. No, nah, I'm picking up full court. I'm ripping. I'm dunking. I'm slamming. I'm just all over the place. Or Aaron, he right. was at a shooter. He can't shoot today. Aaron ain't going to shoot today. So, get it for And also, I'm facilitating being the point guard. I love it. Love so it. we went, okay? Good. I started at the point guard. Okay. Chico Rivera, you're the two guard. Today, I'm going to be the two guard. <laughs> Today, Chico Rivera, you are about to get it. Right. Now, Chico had a little pushback. Hardcore right. Mexican right. from Santa Maria. He right. didn't play. Yeah. Him and I went to blows. But, Chico, you got the business today, right. though. <laughs> okay, I'm not starting. Mike Moeller, you're the three man. Today's your day. And I went down the list with Mike Moeller, Brian Brackens, and Greg Garcia. Those are my, that's funny. I can remember these names right now. These are my teammates. You sound like Kobe when he said he had his hit list. Remember when he was talking to that? Absolutely. He was like, I have my hit list. Absolutely. These were the top 30 guys, and I scouted them out and knew it. That sounds what you did. Those were the starters, and I went through, okay, today I'm going to be the five-man there. Greg, you about to get it. Right. So I went through every starting five for a week, and I wasn't starting. I was like, okay. Y'all tripping. So I would coach and I coach was trying to like, well, this is funny because my coach used to pick me up every day for yeah. school from the door. He okay. would get me right and get me right home. And he was like, Sean, I, I, you're going to get there. You just got to be patient. And I'm like, coach, what do I got to do, man? Season's around the corner. Right. And then I remember the last scrimmage before we start season, um, we have a scrimmage and it's all the sophomore games against the freshmen and we just put on a show we just and i'm just leading and i'm telling guys what to do and i'm motivating them i mean not only that i'm empowering my teammates i'm letting them know like you can make this shot you can do that and when they missed it i was cleaning it up for them right when we beat the sophomores and then they would turn into a nasty broad because i went to we're up by 10 with two minutes left stall I'm stalling. The coach is like, what is this guy doing? I'm like, stall. Four quarters. I'm setting up. And the sophomores are like, what? He can't do that? I'm like, why not? Chico and I get into a fight after we stall. And I'm yelling, run out the gym. Like, we won a national championship. And literally, that after that practice, Coach Hansen brings us all together with like, Okay, guys, I know, <laughs> I, know I know what I've been dealing with. <laughs> I, you guys know, you know the tradition, but. But Sean's out here killing. He's different. That's he works different. Is. And we went on and had the best record in the history of Quest of College. We went 27 and three or something like that. I was first team all state, league MVP as a freshman. Never happened before. Um, having the time of my life in San Luis Obispo community accepting me like a firestorm. Like they just, people coming to the quest of games like they never had before. And it was just an amazing place to start growing up, you know, starting to, yeah. as a young man growing up and then, you know, uh, and then enjoying college life as you start to become a, you know, an athlete and a successful athlete, things doors open. Of course. And my best friend today, Thomas Keelan, 
was my roommate and and we just became like brothers here and so my sophomore year i lead the state in california in scoring like second to third in rebounding i'm averaging something like 26 27 points a game as a as a sophomore in quest college i never thought about leaving my freshman year mm-hmm. uh my my goal was to go back i what I ended up doing was some of my boys that were at San Juan High School, some of them were at Highlands, and one of the guys from Cordova, I ended up getting them to you come down. You come nice. We had about maybe 20 kids from North Highlands community cool. to come to Quest to College the next year. That's cool. That just opened up their world. Like, man, this is, yeah. we. But you opened that door. Opened the them. door to yeah. 20 different kids from yeah. the North Highlands community that ended up coming to San Luis Obispo because I opened up that door and they were like, wow, they saw my success. They saw what was going on and, That's gotta be good and how the community accepted us. And it was just, these guys' lives were changed because of that. Mm-hmm. So after maybe halfway through it, my, my sophomore year at Cuesta, I'm, I'm on every parade, all this, go, just blowing up, blowing up. And it's still, I don't really have a jump shot. <laughs> don't. Okay. Don't have a jump All shot. Right. I can score by a lot of different ways, but I didn't have a jump shot. Never shot the ball out of maybe 15, 20 feet from the basket. Okay. Never. I had Loyola Marymount come see me play at a tournament at Chabot College, and I dropped like 38 just on fire. And they were like, literally, this is how I was back then. And this is, I, and I thought this was still a joke. Coach comes up to me, goes, hey, read this. So I'm starting reading up. The program. Yeah. He said, okay. I read like the first four lines. And then like, I don't know what it was, but I just read the like yeah. first four lines. Okay, you can read. We want to offer you a scholarship Loyola Marymount. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. <laughs> Where I was love. This is a true story. So I'm getting recruited UNLV, Fresno State, Sam Houston State, Houston, Texas Christian. These are all the schools that are recruiting me out of JC. I go visit Loyola Marymount after they, because they were the first one to offer me, and that was how, the kind of dude I was. It was like the first one to show me love, they're kind of loyal to me, so I'm showing that same loyalty back. Of I'm still that person. Yeah. Uh, I'm strong in loyalty. Well, I could, told everybody now, like, if you think of the team at UNLV back then when they had Stacey Augman and uh, Greg Anthony, that whole, that was their run. That was the time I would have been there. I committed to Loyola Marymount. As I committed to them, right after basketball season ended, the coach got fired. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm sitting there like, oh, man. Gotta what am I got to readjust. So a couple of teams came back into the picture, but my uh, love for San Luis Obispo, Cal Poly coach came to me. The Cal Poly community starts reaching out to me and asking me to stay. There was actually a petition they did on a farmer's market had people sign a letter, stay and play at Cal Poly. All right. That where you end up going? A week later, I'm at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Right. Yeah. So it makes sense. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So career starts at Cal Poly. That's a whole crazy story. I got all these crazy stories about going to Cal Poly. After I committed, I was kind of like worried because I was like, again, fear of failure drove me. Like I was fearful that I wasn't going to have the same success at Cal Poly that I had at Cuesta. So I was doing my same routine. I'm getting up in the morning, getting to the football field. I'm running the bleachers. I'm still in San Luis Obispo, so I can still go run the tower. So this tower became kind of a, how do I say, 
when I knew I was ready to get after it, I knew my mind, heart, body, and soul was ready to give 110%. I would go run this tower and this tower because it just challenged your manhood, your your desire, and I would go do it on my own. Okay. Like, and matter of fact, like was it a couple of years ago, I drove back out to San Luis Obispo and I drove up to the tower, walked it. I didn't run it now. I ain't running it anymore. <laughs> I walked it, took pictures from the top. Right, like right. this was my. Sounds like it was a representation of your drive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of your motivation. To, yeah. Like you said, you you don't want to fail. Yeah. So if you can run it and gut it out and make out without stopping, you was like, you was different. So first year at Cal Poly, first couple of games, I don't even score a bucket. Don't even score. The whole community's like, what? Dude, we get here. I had a, this story about a wrestler. He came to me before the season started. Was like, "Hey, tell me about this Sean Chambers guy." And he's talking to me, and I'm like, "Oh, he's okay." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, no, I heard he's an All American, and he's all this." And we always get these basketball guys supposed to be stars, and they never pan out. And I was like, uh, oh, damn. "No he, pressure." He he okay, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, I hope he pans out." Like. Yeah, me too. So, <laughs> so, first couple games, I don't score a bucket. Next game, I don't score a bucket. We're in an exhibition game. We're playing against each other. I don't score a bucket. Um, had a situation where my mind is spinning, trying to get it head right. And um, I had a class on a Thursday night, and we had a game. I remember the game, too. We were playing against Cal State Hayward teacher was the professor was a the women's basketball coach but her and our head coach had beef so she wouldn't let us out of the class or we would fill the class it was a night class oh, man. so we had to do this presentation after the, the presentation was over run across the campus i don't know if you've ever been to san luis obispo yeah i have i have okay so our campus is like yeah, this is a hill on top of a hill and yeah. up and down valleys we're way over we call it the swine unit where all the pigs and cows are at we're at over there <laughs> Me, a couple of teammates were in the class. We get out, and we're flying, dude. We're flying across the campus, get to the gym. Game's going on. It's almost halftime. We had threw our uniforms under our clothes already, so right, we just right. stripping as we're running. <laughs> get to the game. Coach, like, chill out. Y'all play the second half. Get in the second half. I think I dropped, like, 26 in the second half. Nice. After that, I was just on fire. Good. No jump shot, no handles, just <laughs> pure desire we end up making it to the ncaa tournament i end up being for being the first basketball american at cal poly league mvp broke major records at cal poly in cal poly's history i'm um, still the only basketball american in the history of the school uh still the only two times back-to-back all uh league mvp um which back then we were division two but it's all the, it's funny because all the teams that are in the same conference today, Cal State, Bakersfield, Cal Poly, mm-hmm. Riverside, Irvine. They're, that was, they're all yeah, D1. They're D1. It was our same yeah. league, yeah. Northridge. Yeah, that was our league, and it was a monster. Only team that didn't go D1 was Cal State LA and Cal State Dominguez Hills. Mm-hmm. But it was a monster back then. So um, next year, same thing. League MVP took off. So just like my high school career, I didn't have a plan. What am I going to do after – Season's over with. And I would have several older players would come and tell me, like, you're going to play overseas. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Because there was a dude named Kevin Lucas. 
that was off the hook. And Kevin probably, he'll, well, I'll, I'll get the copy of this and I'll send it to him. But Kevin Lucas is one of the baddest dude I've ever played with and against. He was at Cal Poly t- three years before me. He wasn't overseas. There was a guy named um, James Blevins. Dude was a phenomenal shooter. Like, I've always, if you watch the way I coach, as we'll get into AU scene. Yeah. Um, I My team shoot a ton of threes. I'm infatuated with shooters. Yeah. Like, I'm in love <laughs> with the idea of shooting three. Like, my whole makeup going to a game, going to practice is I want three-point shooters because I didn't do it. Right. And I didn't have anybody pushing that envelope with me because it's an acquired skill. Yeah, it is. All I you mean, have to do is repetition, repetition, repetition. We're in the three-point renaissance. That's what I call it anyway because, you know, the Steph Curry effect. We're in the three-point renaissance and, you know, you can – I tell these kids, like, you guys are very much in a – if you can shoot, you're in the right era of basketball right now. Right. Now, but how many – I hate to say it, but how many brothers, like, careers got stifled because we were jumping out the gym, dunking, and trying to yeah. be like Dr. J. Yeah. But we didn't have nobody going, hold up. Work on this skill. Work on this skill and jump out the gym. Mm-hmm. Now you're Dominique Wilkins. You can play at the next level. Right. There was a lot of guys in our area that got stuck into, like, I just want to – dunk on a fool Mm -hmm. i just want to slam on somebody's neck and although that was amazing you know you don't realize athleticism (laughs) it fades it fades (laughs) it fades but in all reality as much as we go crazy for a dunk in a high school game and you go watch the the high school game or even at the university level you're talking about maybe maybe four or five a game if Mm -hmm. possible that's high yeah that's a high number right but i can shoot a jump shot all day long if you work at it exactly right so a lot of our game got stifled that way. Uh, but so James Blevin had an amazing jump shot. Derek Roberts can jump out the gym. These are Cal Poly guys before me. And these are guys that I saw. Right. Right. And I was like, they didn't go overseas. They never made it overseas. And uh, so I never thought that was next for me. What happened was after my senior at, at Cal Poly, I get a call to go try out for this thing called IBA All-Stars. And what it was, was they were trying to start this 6-4 under league back in the day. And because of my success, league MVP, league MVP, All-American, preseason All-American, I got invited to try out for it. So I go to LA, and it's a madhouse. It's an absolute madhouse, like 300 guys in this gym. 300 yeah. guys at a tryout. Damn. It did like when I think about it, it didn't even make sense right now. Like, how do we got three hundred guys in the gym, and how are you going to evaluate three hundred guys in the gym, and how they split it up? I, I can't remember what gym we were, but we were in the heart of L.A. And I'm San Luis Obispo dude. So one thing San Luis Obispo took from me a little bit was like people knew Oak Park, people knew Meadowview, people knew Lower Highland. Now I'm in San Luis Obispo. <laughs> The most whitest community, the most kindest, loving right, people right. in the world. <laughs> and then now you come coming slow. in. Slow. We call it slow for a reason because everything is slow. Right, right. Yeah. People ain't pushing buttons too no, much. No. You know, I was different. That's why people looked at me crazy because <laughs> I was coming in like, by all means necessary, you are right. going to get it. And that made people love me there, but I was still a nice kid. Right. So I get to this this camp at LA and people kind of knew the name because of the success and it was just one of those things like it really like your journey when you start to play overseas and you know this like it's really 
Sometimes it's just by luck. Yes. It's sometimes it's just by the break of the games. And I go out there, and again, I was different, but I just had one of those amazing days where I was actually making three-point shots. I was doing the typical Sean Chambers stuff, the dunking, the flying, and the high motor, and it just got me the first-round cut. So I made it to the cut, then we had a final cut at like for Fresno, another 30 guys there, and again, it was not one of those luck of the draw where everything just fell into place, so I made the final cut. And so what happened was – we took these 15 guys called the IBA All-Stars and we went to Hong Kong, Japan, Korea, then Philippines. Didn't know anything about these, right? The only further thing I have done now at this point, not only being out of Sacramento, I only knew San Luis Obispo and then the teams that were in our league. So I still haven't really left the state of California. Right. Never. Now you're leaving the country. Leaving the country. <laughs> so get to Japan, like, wow. Amazing. Never in my wildest dream, a kid from North Highlands in Old Park, think I'm going to be in Japan. Amazing. Crazy. Uh, three days later, we're in Seoul, Korea, right before the Seoul, Korea Olympics back in 88. And uh, amazing. And we actually, kind of funny, though, we actually lived, stayed in the in the YMCA, like, dormitories. It was kind of wild, but it was okay. cool, though. Yeah. We, we didn't mind. It was cool because it was such a great experience. We got to experience the Korean basketball culture, and they were really – like the game, but there was kind of a different vibe to it. Um, then two days later, we were in we we're in Manila, Philippines. Never in my wildest dream have I ever thought about being in Manila, Philippines, or even visiting the country of the Philippines, or even how to get there. Right. So we get to the Philippines, and it's just a basketball madhouse. Because it's because, and speaking on that, just because I'm thinking about, it, I'm just writing the question down because you said yep. that, like. The Philippines, they love basketball. They love it. And I, it's a I've religion. Had, yeah, because I've had so many of my friends that, you know, that I grew up with play out there and things like that. Um, so kind of your perspective watching how the overseas game has evolved, you know, that that what's your take on that? I mean, is it just, you know, do you think it's just kind of the love of the sport, a combination of, you know, just something universal about it? Like, why do you think the Philippines? Why why did basketball just gravitate to them so much? Uh, I'm going to first and foremost say there's such an admiration for the African-American community by the Filipinos. Okay. Hands down. Cool. And then when you start looking at sports and the way and the style we play the game, you turn on the TV and watch a Filipino game, it is a absolute mimic of the African-American style play a game. Okay. They have a, an effect a love for our music, mm-hmm. our culture, our dance, and the way that we, when we are, when our people are right, when our people respect our elders and our people, yeah. the way we tribute, used to grow up like, yeah. that is the Philippine culture. There's okay. such a higher arc and respect for everybody in the family. So, you know, back when we had the big mamas and grandma and we yeah, all had yeah. all that, they love that. All right. Makes sense. They love that. And I can speak on that for factual because I am truly part of the Filipino culture as well now. Right, right. You know, I've been there since I was 24, so that's over half my life. Yeah. Um, so they love the game of basketball. Now, also like them, we grew up with not having a lot. Right. It's the cheapest sport to play. Yes. You just need a basketball and a hoop. Yeah. Outside of like 
soccer, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the next cheapest sport to play. Yeah. yeah. Now, outside of soccer, but then when you're talking about a country that's overly populated mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of room for soccer fields right, and right, things like right. that, but you can throw up a basketball court like yeah. in a parking lot. Right. You can throw up a basketball court like in a alleyway. Yeah, you're right. And you go to Manila. There's a basketball court on a parking lot, the alleyway, the driveway, <laughs> the middle of the street, the corners, nice. the LeBron guys. Like, there is a basketball haven there, and you don't mess with it. And I'm sure you saw, like, when Kobe passed away, mm-hmm. there was the big mural of the Kobe basketball court that was in the middle of one of the toughest neighborhoods of all yeah, the Philippines. Yeah, you do not walk in that court and touch that court without respect. That's how they get down. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so... I get to the Philippines and I'm playing with the IB All-Star and having some success. And the other part about it, it's such a, back then when I was there, it was a truly, truly a third world country. Yeah. Extremely poor country and the haves had all of it. The rich had all the country. Uh, But the working people work hard. Yeah. I mean, they work hard. That's all my game was. So my fact that I was a hard worker, right, and the way that I it played, just helps you. It was just, it resonated yeah. with them. I wasn't very egotistical. I didn't do all the fancy stuff. I didn't do the soft stuff. I didn't just sit down and shoot jump shots. Like I'm like the Dennis Rodman version of the Philippines. <laughs> Although they call me the Michael Jordan, I didn't right. have Michael Jordan skills. <laughs> they call me the Michael Jordan in the Philippines, but I was in the bleachers. I'm in the stands. I'm right, on, right. And the unique part about my career in the Philippines was that. Again, I grew up in Old Park. I grew up a poor kid, right? I grew up in Old Park, man. I grew up as a, as a single mom, raised all of us. I would go sit up in the bleachers with the regular people. Right, right, right. Here's everybody on the floor. When I'm out there just watching the game or scouting the game, I will go sit up in the top bleachers with the regular folks, and that made them lose their mind. But they didn't understand. I felt most comfortable with people. Okay, yeah that had some kind of a struggle. Right. The people sitting on the floor, the people that own all the businesses and all the rich people in the Philippines, I've learned how to mingle with them. I learned how to get there eventually, but But you feel at home with the, right. But that my, my status or my, my celebrity status in the Philippines was because I was the guy that would go sit up in the top bleach and then watch a game with it, with the regular folks. And they would just like lose their mind. Like, how is this happening? (laughs) They would lose their happening. So, I get there, and you probably don't know a guy named Billy Ray Bates. So when I got there in the early 80s, I mean, I'm sorry, late 80s, Billy Ray Bates was literally called the Black Superman. You should look it up. It's yeah. wild. Billy Ray Bates was an NBA guy with the Portland Trailblazers, got himself in trouble with, with drugs, and go over Manila, and he's just a fan sensation because he was such a flamboyant player. What's his name again? Billy Ray Bates. Bates, okay. Legend. Legend. And he was a legend in the NBA. And I, I forget one of the – playoff series with the Portland Trailblazers. He ended up coming like out of the CV or something like that, being their best player in this, with Bill Walton and them. He was a monster. Nice. He was a man child, but he couldn't keep himself clean. So he's such a legend in the Philippines where the, my first claim to fame in the Philippines was there was a thing, the, the dunk contest. So uh, Billy is a legend in the Philippines. They call him the Black Superman. Starting to get a little bit of my North Island Bruce back. I'm like, I don't care about no black Superman. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? I'm 6'2", and I'm jumping from the free throw line. Right, I right. ain't scared of nobody. 
And I'm being a little bit brash and it got win by it because little did I know I'm having this conversation with friends and people are keep asking me, what do you like the Filipinos? Yeah. Not my teammates that I played with. It was a great group of guys I went over there with. But the Filipinos were like, what are you going to do? It's the black Superman. You're like, I'm going to play this motherfucker. I don't care. (laughs) You got to play the black Superman. <laughs> what are you gonna do? And I'm like, the black Superman. Right, I got right. kryptonite in my pocket. I don't know what a black kryptonite is, but I got some chicken wings or something in my pocket. I ain't worried about no black Superman. Exactly. So I get to the arena for the final dunk contest. Yeah, never met the guy yet. Never seen the brother. I'm there warming up. I'm there. We play. We did the dunk contest at a place called the Ultra. Standing room only. Philippine again. When you learn about Philippine culture, we can talk about that, man. It's it's nuts. Standing room only. Can't even get in the gym. It's people everywhere. Wall on top of each other, and it's all the celebrities are there. Their celebrities. Right, their big right, time right, people. Right. All the politicians. All the big who's who of who. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. This man walks in the gym with a cape on. <laughs> With a Superman boom on his chest. You actually, this is also on YouTube. Sean Chambers dunk contest. You can look it up. All right. Billy Ray Bass walks in with a cape. The whole arena erupts. What are you thinking in that moment? I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> you got like this is insanity, right? And then at first thing you think like, okay, because I think when we won, I won twenty five thousand dollars nice. back then. That was nice, right? Yeah, yeah. He walks in the crowd, stands up, goes crazy. Like the whole and, and people still talk to this day. Going down. He this dude do a random dunk, get fifty. I'm flying over three dives, get fifty. I'm doing a three sixty jumping over people before we were jumping yeah, over yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Fifty points. He does a basic dunk, fifty. I'm so I'm like, wait, here you go, right here. <laughs> anyway, and I'm doing just these insane dunks that I've never really done in my life. Right. I had, this is funny. I think it's, I think this brother passed away. Actually, it's kind of sad. We had a guy on my team named Billy Ray Crockett. He was a little point guard from Texas or something like that. He was a stud baller. Like he was one of those just kind of like Rondo, Rondo, Rondo. He was like that. He didn't score a lot, but he was just facilitating. So you just keep running. He's going to find you. So he was making me look good out there. Right. So I was going to him. What do we do now, man? What do we do? What do we do? So he was coming up with all the ideas. He really, I ended up giving the guy $5,000 for it. (laughs) That's nice. That's what's up. But he was coming out like, let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. You should Google it. You, you, you can find the dunks. And I'm, he's standing on, sitting on one of the guys back, like over there. And I jump over, boom, pow, 50. Billy Ray Bass, the, so we go 50, 50, 50, go into our fourth dunk, die off. I had to do the, like I said, when I almost jump from the free throw line, jump over these two guys, boom, get 50. He goes, does a random dunk, misses it. He misses his dunk. So I win the dunk contest. <laughs> Instantly, I became one of the biggest stars in the Philippines. <laughs> did you, did, uh, did Billy talk to you afterward? No, no, no. But that's a funny story. There, that, that, that's a funny story because about last time I was in the Philippines, not 2019 before COVID hit. I think it's 2017. Yeah, I was flying back, and he's actually in the airport when I was leaving. Oh, wow. and I saw him. He don't recognize me, but I'm going Dude. to my soul. I'm going. I know that's him. <laughs> I know that's him. And I go say, "Hey, brother." I go, "Are you Billy Ray Bass?" And he goes, yeah. I go, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Sean Chamber. He goes, 
You stole my money. You stole, <laughs> I, like, I stole your money. Brother, you shouldn't have got a 50 on 91 dunk. You shouldn't have got a point. That's funny, man. <laughs> he was funny. like, but he remembered it. But yeah. the sad part about it, though, for Billy was they gave him a chance to come back to the Philippines to try to help him get his life back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got in trouble Damn. over there, did some nonsense, got yeah. himself caught up. So he was actually at that point getting deported out of the country. Oh, and I was man. just coming back working with my team. So that's right. another story. So the team that I played for, Alaska Aces, they continued to show me an amazing, incredible love after my retirement mm -hmm. and had me keep coming back and being a consultant nice. for the team. Kept me on the payroll. Make sure I up. stayed connected. Make sure my family was connected with the team and the team owner. Just three weeks ago, we were at the USC game. My team owner Mr. Wilfred Uitenso is an amazing guy, amazing family guy. He still allows my family to go see a football game. If you follow me on social media, we're, yeah, at, yeah, we're yeah. at the USC game. Yeah. My son got to hang out with Vanessa Bryant. Nice. And that's my team owner, and he owns this huge box at the USC and he, every year. That's go catch a game. So that cool. was the love. So they were trying to give Billy a chance to get his life back together over there, and so he was getting deported. So after the dunk contest, trying to get forward to my career in the Philippines, uh, the next day, I go out in the street. Me, Billy Ray, we walk around. We we right. can't wait to get our money. Right, you know, right, right. of course, yeah. We're what am I? Twenty one years old. I'm yeah, about to get twenty five yeah, yeah. G in my pocket yeah, out of college. I've been a college kid my whole life. <laughs> I'm about to man. Where do we sign this check? Because it was in peso. We're trying to get. I got a big old check. So we're walking the neighborhood, and the first time I realized the craziness again of Filipino basketball. We were at the Ultra. It was fine. That's where the fans are. We go to a little neighborhood, 7-Eleven and Dunkin' Donuts. We go there, and it's from the, around the corner from the hotel. It took about maybe three or four kids, little street kids, recognize us. We go in the store. We come back out the store. The whole neighborhood's outside. It's about 1,000 people, and I kid you not, 1,000 people in the street because they just – Everybody watches the games. Yeah, yeah. Everybody watches the dunk contest. Everybody has a team. If they're not at the game, they're watching the game. Right. When I was playing my career in the Philippines, I believe they said, like, the viewing TV audience of every game was about 80 to 90% of the TV audience. Wow. If you were not at the game, you were, you were watching, watching the yeah. game. So when this happened, when I beat Billy Ray Bass, the, the level of stardom just went like that, like fire. So I'm walking out the. We're trying to walk, make our way through the hotel, and, yeah, yeah. and, and it's, you know, not crazy, but the crowd. Ah, well, of course, they all want to say what's up, and you're right, yeah, screaming. exactly, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You beat the black Superman. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I told you I had chicken in my pocket. <laughs> I got kryptonite. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, but, now they all want to say what's up to you. Oh, it was wild. So then, at that moment, from that point on, I could no longer be reckless and go certain parts of Manila without being prepared. Right. That moment on, like it was bonkers. So that was the first stardom I've ever experienced in my life. And it was like rock star status. Come home, not quite getting offered a contract to go to the PBA yet, to the Philippines yet. I'm kind of in that gap year trying to figure it out. I'm playing with a couple little men's leagues team. At least, you know how yeah, we do with those tour yeah, teams, yeah. trying to figure I'm out how you get to last keep time. Keep yourself in shape and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. I get invited to go out to, of all things, Charlotte Hornets rookie camp. See if I can make a roster spot. The guy, agent I was working with, get me out there. I go out there. 
first time I went out there not working out of fear of failure because I already did the I did the all star thing. Right? Yeah. We traveled. And I was I made that I was cool. I went out there just complete disbelief. I'm supposed to be in this arena. I should not. I'm not an NBA guy. I'm right, not a right, guy right. that can shoot. I'm not. I'm with all these guys that were from University of Indiana, North Carolina, Kelly Trapuca, J.R. Reed, the guys that I've been watching on TV. I'm like, you're now you're right next to him. Like, damn. Okay. It was like, damn, damn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is wild. Right. Because back then when Charlotte, I would think about the two years before that when Charlotte Hornets first came in organization. Mm-hmm. And what they had was an expansion drive. So, you, know, you might remember Robert Reed, but Kelly Trapuca, uh, J.R. Reed was at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. These guys were like, guys I was watching. I was like, oh. Now you're in the gym with them. I lasted like, <laughs> I lasted a day and a half. <laughs> Day and a half. Well, at least you say. At least you could say you got the opportunity because a lot of people don't even get that. Got the opportunity. I would last a day and a half. Right. I was on a flight back home. <laughs> get back home. I'm flying to LAX. So I'm actually going back to San Luis Obispo. Get the LAX. Get off the airplane. No cell phones back then. White courtesy phone. That old school. Yeah. What you watch in the movies. Like you, you're getting called on the white courtesy phone. <laughs> the first thing you think about is like family. Something happened. Drama. This is weird. Pick up the phone, representation from the Philippines, want to know, hey, there's this team called Alaska Milk that wants you to come to the Philippines. And I'm like, you and everybody else that have ever talked about me and my career in the Philippines, I'm like, the state of Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Alaska Milk, team in the Philippines, they want you to come over and take a guy's place. The American over there is not doing well. That's right. what happens in the, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they get rid of you if you're not performing. Carl Lott, guy named was Carl Lott. We got a guy over here named Carl Lott. He's out of Sam Houston or Texas A&M. I forget where he was. Uh, he's over here. He can't perform. He's kind of soft. Gotta we want to, can, can you come over? I'm like, when? They said, tomorrow at 9 p.m., from where? Right here at LAX. Okay. okay. How much? We're going to give you $7,500 a month. Right. I'm going to call. Yeah. We, I'll take you, that. Yes and yes. I'm like, let's go. I'm like, call my mom. Said, hey, this team from the Philippines. Now, now my mom has never been out, you know, from Louisiana <laughs> to California. She ain't never been out of the state. Right, right. Now she's off the hook. My mother, she don't stop at 80. She just got back from <laughs> Jamaica. Gotta love it. Uh Called her, told her, like, look, this team wants me to go. I'm heading over. I'm supposed to be there for two months. It was like, actually, when it happened, I got there. I think it was like the first, second conference was like March to like, I don't know, June. So I go over there. They made it. It was just crazy now to think about it. I get there. I get off the airplane. It's 14-hour flight. They make me practice with the guy. So he was still there. Okay. So we practiced with the guy and just got off the airplane. And again, one thing, so let me back up a little bit. So as I'm flying from Charlotte, I felt completely like a failure because I felt like I let family down. I had an opportunity and never once did I believe that I belong in that atmosphere. Okay. So you follow it. So, I'll go back to a little bit about my fear of failure when I was playing at Cal Poly. So when I was doing my Cal, my Cal Poly career, I used to, every game, I'd get myself worked up like I was, like was going to fail. And then I would kind of meditate. 
really kind of like have like a little prayer with myself in the locker room. And then someone would just say, just believe. Just believe you worked so hard to be in this place, so just believe you belong. Okay, so now I'm going to fast forward back. So every game at Cal Poly, when it came to game time, I would just be like, Phew. like when we talk about being in a zone, like I was in a zone my whole career, my junior year. Like I would just be in the game. It was just like everything it was in slow motion. Right. I just believe I belonged here now. I believe like everything I did, I was outworking everybody else. Couldn't shoot like everybody else. Couldn't work handle like that, but just believe I belong in this field. Now, backtrack again, go Charlotte. I never thought I belonged in the arena. So I, I'm upset on a plane flying home. And I'll go, no matter where God places me at again, if I get the opportunity to play, I'm never going to feel like I don't belong you don't in this. Belong. Yeah. Just believe. Just believe. Flying 14 hours to the Philippines, and I kept going, just believe this is where you're supposed to be. Just believe this is supposed to be. Okay? Go. Get there. I practice with Carl a lot, and I'm just Sean Chambers style. Like, flying. Crazy. Dunk it. Having a great day. I'm actually shooting the ball great this day. I'm making right. great shots. I'm just putting on a show. Hands down, every teammate on that court that day, general manager's coach was like, this guy is amazing. Carl was on a plane the next day. That's how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. Carl was on a plane the next day. Yeah. We were in last place. Um. We go on a run, something like, you know, there's only eight games in the league at that time. So we go on a run, something like we win like maybe six out of the next eight games. And we make it to the playoffs, which we weren't supposed to make it at that point. Instant love for my teammates, instant love with my organization. They just loved my work ethic, my energy. And, again, I was still a good kid because of the way my mother raised me. So I was always very – Respectful to the elders, respectful to my owners, um, always gave gratitude to the people I was with. And I was a, I was a kind of a a ground kind of a guy. I was never above the people. Well, that was the first conference. And so because of that, they said, okay, we're going to bring you back in August to the next one called the third conference. So we have two conferences in the the Philippines where there's Americans one right now is called the Commissioner's Cup. It's usually American can be like six eight, six nine. Right. And then my cup was called the Governor's Cup. Mm-hmm. Usually the American back then was like either six three and no taller or six five and no taller. They right. kind of moved the height up and right, down. Right, right, right. So I get called back to go to the Governor's Cup. Hands down. They signed me before I left because I had such a great first conference mm-hmm. filling in. And um as I'm flying back from that first conference back to the States for like a two months, three months break before I have to go back in August. I'm flying back and I was just being very reflective and being very like um, understanding that God put me in a place that I didn't think I would ever been in my life. And I was like, all you had to do was just believe. Yeah. Right. So if you know, my club program is called just believe, just believe sports. Yeah. JBS. So yeah. that's where that actually came from. Nice. I was literally flying home and I'll, I'll have to like tell this is ain't always a cute story, but I'm like, buy me something nice <laughs> when I get home <laughs> I have not bought anything yet I, everything I had did was like kind of help my family out help my mom out with that first dunk contest check you know this is after the dunk contest yeah, so yeah, this, yeah. Is like, this is two years after the dunk contest Yeah, I'm like 
I got signed for another deal. I'm already guaranteed for the next conference, right? And now I went from 7,500. Now I'm about to get 10,000 a month. So I'm like, I'm cool for a kid out of college, right? I'm getting me something nice. My boy picked me up in San Francisco. We drove straight to the BMW lot in in, uh, Stevens Creek BMW. And I bought an M3. And I'm like, my license plate is going to say J-S-T-B-L-E-V. Just believe. Nice. That's my license plate. So uh, next year, go over there. We make it to the finals, but we lost it. My next year, I go over there in 91. Boom. We have an incredible year. I don't you so you know Wes Matthews. Mm-hmm. His dad, Wesley Matthews, was with the Lakers when they won their last championship with Magic okay. Johnson. Yeah. He was the American for the other team. Okay. We end up sweeping his team. Right. Uh yeah. He won the championship in 1988, right mm-hmm. through your wall. Yeah, right there, yeah. In 1989, we in nineteen in nineteen ninety one, we went to the finals together. I beat him and um uh won my first championship in nineteen ninety one. Very cool. Became Mr. One Hundred Percent. Only the second American in the Philippines have been awarded the Mr. One Hundred Percent Award. Career took off after that. Ninety four championship, ninety five championship, ninety six won two championships, ninety seven won a championship, ninety eight went to the finals, two thousand went to the finals. In my 14, 13 and a half years in the Philippines, I won seven championships and went to the finals ten times. He's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's cool. I mean, it sounds like you, I mean, again, that's the premise of the show. I want people to hear everybody's background and stuff like that. But it sounds like you lived, I mean, shit. You had a, a real live professional career that, you know, people are still just trying to fight for today. And yeah. you and you did it during a time without the internet without social, social, without media, social media, you know what I mean? Like without, it wasn't like you, without a, a agent pushing yeah, you, yeah, you blowing you up, not without a media team behind you. It, and I didn't even have an agent. It was just luck, God's will, timing, timing, yeah. working hard and just being an overall good dude. Like just being a good dude. Say like a lot of guys got sent home cause they just weren't good dude. Yeah. And I saw a lot of careers that could have been amazing over there. Um, at the height of my career, it went from $40,000 a month, I mean, from $10,000 a month to $45,000 a month, plus bonuses, plus scheme, car, condo. And obviously, I was night. saying just the atmosphere of people knowing you and stuff. And I, know, I know they take care of you. You, and, you know want I mean? to be a player. If yeah. you're not in the NBA, don't go play nowhere else but the Philippines. <laughs> if you want to be a player, don't go nowhere else other than the Philippines. Right. Our American players that were just over there for the FIBA Cup and the NBA guys were yeah. over the Philippine FIBA Cup, yeah. they got an awakening of, like, this is different. Yeah. They know every player. They know who you are. They know your style of play. Mm-hmm. And I just got back on Sunday. I was just there for two weeks. Yeah, I remember saying that. Working. And um, it, it's different for me now because uh, I've been retired for over 20-some-plus years now. But at one point, like, I did an interview over there before I left with a, a, a well-known uh, report over there and he was saying like at one point you were probably the, the most recognizable person in all the Philippines yeah. because of crazy. who you were in your career my numbers been retired over there I have the most championships ever by any American in the Philip in the Philippines uh, but he said more importantly like people like the president of the country were big fans of mine 
like that's the level you were at during your playing career in the Philippines. Do you feel like you were an, an, an ambassador of basketball during that time too? Um, I do. I think when you talk about the era of, of kids, especially in the Philippines that grew up when I was playing, they felt, they knew that what happened with my game was remember I couldn't shoot. Right. right? I got there. I couldn't shoot. <laughs> well, my coach was like, well, we're going to have to fix yeah, this. Yeah, we got got to get you. A so I, as an ambassador, I showed that you can elevate your game. Yeah. You can continue to improve your game. You didn't have to be stuck in this pigeonhole. Um, and then you didn't have to be like a gallivanter. Like, I didn't go out to clubs. I didn't party. Yeah, I didn't yeah, go yeah. out and womenize. I stayed kind of humbled in my in my cocoon. Because when I, when I got home, man, it was all cool. I right, didn't do what right, I wanted to do right, when I got right, home. Exactly. Like, but when you were there. But when I was there, I'm like, under that spotlight, I was like, you know, be a good dude, be respectful, mm-hmm. understand the culture here. You understand you're in a country where like 80% of people are poor. Yeah. Give back. Like, right. man, I did, like, I mean, I was at prisons. I was at orphanages. There's a place there called um, Tondo Smoky Mountain, which is, you'll see sometimes on TV where the people go to the garbage dumpsters and they scavenge right, and right, live off there. Right. And they actually live there. I got pictures of where I'm out there playing basketball with the guys out there, nice. of the people in the community. Now, yeah. it is a raunchy smell that's there, but that's where they live. Mm-hmm. And I had um, um, my mentor over there, a guy named Pastor Charlie. He kind of took me in, a, a white guy that ran a church in the Philippines, and they became my surrogate family over there. They were kind of my outlet because, because of my stardom over there, I really kind of did keep a very close group of friends that were Americans because I was just Sean and them. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. So Pastor Charlie and his wife, Darlene, I would go to their house before games, after games and kind of just be simple over there. Right. And then when I got outside the the community, it was just, yeah, you know, so I can just go there and just drink Chill. Dr. Pepper. And eat, <laughs> eat, yeah. Eat chips. <laughs> just, and they, that's how we still are today. We're very close to me and they just happen to be living in the Philippines. Nice. And uh, so, um, but yeah, I think the way I play it, it fluence a lot of guys coming underneath me. You know, a lot of the guys that were mm-hmm. the next stars coming up, you know, it's kind of passing the torch right. and, um, um, going back there this past two weeks, it was really cool to see guys that are still playing. There were kids when I was coming up and they come up to me and they, and it's a big thing over the Philippines where they call idol. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, nice. watch yeah, the yeah, kid yeah. And my, I, I mimic my game after you and, there's this funny thing in the Philippines about how I used to shoot my free throws because I had to, my motor was so high. Yeah. You had to, I had to do like a routine and just slow my slow motor down so I could focus on a free throw. Right. So they were like, used to go. And everybody <laughs> still there go, I used to go. And I'm like, I don't know if that's funny or not. I don't know because that don't look good. And I didn't make a lot at one point. Sorry, yeah. yeah. You, didn't, like, you, didn't, you didn't have the cool face. The cool nah. Face. And so, uh, and one thing, last thing before I, we talk about club and something like yeah, that, I'll talk about the Philippines is, yeah. is that um, as I went back last week, I was having a moment like, man, okay, this is kind of cool. Now it's like maybe every other 20 person recognized me and it's random. Right. It's random. But right. at one point it was literally like, it it was like Mike Tyson. They were like, you really was head down. You cannot right. walk without people knowing you. And I was like, but I wonder if I would have, appreciated it more and really understood how cool that was back then. Mm -hmm. I was just too much like put yourself like, okay, go eat in a corner at a restaurant. Right. Then get out. 
get back to your room. You right, know, right. I didn't really understand. Like, man, maybe be a little bit more networking. Yeah, and be a little bit more accessible to people and reach out and touch them a little bit more. Like, if I do it again, I would be a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With hopefully that didn't take away from my focus as a player. I go, ah, oh, well, that's cool. It was a good run, and I kind of like it now. And at that moment, I'm standing on the street. I went outside the hotel to get a coffee, and uh, a lady standing next to me on the corner uh, as traffic is going by. It looks like a regular teacher. Mm-hmm. Regular teacher. And she goes, and I was like, ah, oh, well, that was cool. Wish I would appreciate a little bit more. And she goes, excuse me. Would you happen to be Sean Chambers? <laughs> I go, oh my God, thank you for that. <laughs> I was having a moment. Well, like, thank you for still recognizing me. I, I was having a it. moment. It was a random lady, just a regular lady, looked like a teacher. And I go, you must be a serious Alaska fan. Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk on Alaska real fast. So Alaska is actually a milk product company. In third world countries, they drink a lot of powdered milk or evaporated milk. They right. have a lot of cows. Right. It's not a lot of land, Matt. So. Alaska is a brand that's actually started in Holland. My team owner, his family started the milk company in the Philippines. They own the biggest soybean plant, I believe, in the world. The company was worth like a billion dollars. And so all the teams, as you know, in foreign country or European leagues, they're typically are owned by corporations. Yes. And what they do, they use them as marketing tools. So the other teams in our league is like a team called San Miguel Beer. Shell Oil, mm-hmm. Pufu's Hot Dogs. They're all Pepsi Cola has right. a team. There's a team over there that I just work with right now. It's a cell phone company. They go by the name of Talking Text. Well, okay. the guy who owns the team, he owns all the cell phone towers in all the Philippines. So okay. He's, he's, right, right. He's got a monopoly, yeah, you know. And um, he actually, before our current owner of the Sacramento Kings, he, this guy was in the bid for owning the Kings, trying oh, to buy and keeping them in wow. Sacramento. Okay. That's right. the kind of money these guys yeah. are rolling with. Deep over pockets. There. And you're talking about, you know, what, 90 million Filipinos. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Everybody got a cell phone. Yeah. So that's the team I was just with now because my current team, Alaska Milk, we sold our team okay. to another company. So we no longer has a team in the PBA. Right. We are one of those like old heads now. Yeah. All right. But the love for our team still remains. That's what's up. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's you, Philippine basketball yeah, too. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's me to Philippine basketball. You've definitely um laid out a good career, and I mean, if nobody uh if nobody knew your journey, they damn sure are gonna know it after this show. Yeah. So I, I was lucky. Like, well, I became one of the greatest players in Sacramento, which is wild to do. I went on to the Questa, the greatest player in the history of Questa Hall of Fame. But you know, hold all the records at Quest to go to Cal Poly, be an All American. Like, um, I, I, I've never been a brag, a guy that kind of brag about my career. But I've, I do know this. Everywhere I did, everywhere I played, everywhere I coached, all I know is winning, and I know that comes with a habit. And as, and that's a habit that I think you can put out there. But I've, I won at Quest, I won at Cal Poly, I won at Highlands. We were, you know. It's just a bit amazing story yeah. to be considered one of the greatest. We were, I think, Joe Davidson did a story a few years ago. Said my high school team in '83 is the number three greatest team in the history of Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's crazy. No, and it's crazy. I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's like you said, it, it ain't about a, a ego thing. It ain't about a bragging thing. You got to give people their flowers while they here. You know what I mean? And you like the groundwork, so. That's what this show's about. That's what to, like I said, get guys like you on the forefront so people can see it and really understand the history of who you are and what you've done. You know what I mean? Right. And now let's, okay, well, let's move on to the to the AAU aspect, the coaching Absolutely. aspect, because now we're talking about coach chambers now, yes. right? So, yes. you know, 
let, let's well let's start off with you know pretty much my straightforward question I ask pretty much everyone who comes on this show <laughs> um AAU basketball in 2023 um and, and for those who don't know you know if they're watching on YouTube or listening to the audio side um JBS is a women's program um you know um you're you're clearly doing your thing on that you're a three uh ssb program so right. just in case you guys are checking out that's why he has all the adidas gear on again <laughs> like, and, uh, and um i'm on the adidas side from last year uh but i'm on the three s gold G, you know yep. gb so uh-huh. I'm trying to work my way up <laughs> keep grinding that's how i did it <laughs> it's, yeah. and we'll, we'll talk more about it because obviously people always have those questions how do you guys get there how did you do yep. this blah 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 whatever we'll get to that point but what is your overall take and I don't care if you speak on the girl side, boy side. Just your overall take of AAU basketball as a whole in 2023. You want the good, the bad, and the ugly? You can give me a little uh, bit of both. Um, uh, we're all going to start with the parents, right? And the reality or non-parents not being realistic to this journey. Um, a lot of parents can derail their kids' journey when it comes to this game now because of they want things so fast, so quick, and so instant instead of, like, grind. Yeah. Everything you're going to happen, everything, I, I believe this, you you knew, you do need a little level of support of people that can help you get on certain stages. And that's, again, one of the things with the 3SSB and the 3SS Gold is getting kids on a stage. You do need those people. But everything your kid deserves and earns and they fight for it will happen. Yes. It will happen. But a lot of times you, you do have parents getting in, in front of that journey. And those are the parents I just don't rock with. Like I'm going to do everything in my willpower to make sure your kid gets everything they in, entitled. Right. And I'm going to provide financial support. I'm going to sponsor kids. I'm going to put you on a stage. I'm going to be available. I'm going to be practice 24 um, seven. All I know is a grind. Like I don't like I'm one of those dudes. That, like I don't have a day off and I love it. Like, I don't take a day off. We practice on the weekends. I'm working as a principal now right. at a middle school. Like, yeah. I don't take a day off, and I love it. Are you still, Are because um, a kid, I, you know, I know this, but I always yeah. got to keep in mind, my audience might not know this. Right. Um, you're Are you still the varsity coach at Antelope? Still the varsity coach at Antelope. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Antelope High School, in case you guys don't 100. know. He's the and, varsity and, head coach. And we're a monster. Yeah. We don't take days off, right? And it's like, I love that. You know, and I know there's some sacrifices that happens, as you know, as a coach, that you, uh, with family and stuff like that. But I love what I do. I love that I'm a grinder because I'm still that same guy, just grinding differently. Exactly. I'm not running the tower. Right, right, right. right. I'm not running the, the the railroad tracks. Right. I'm not running the bleachers. I but probably you, should. But, <laughs> but you're trying to put that in your kids. Right. But. Am I going to be at the gym and make us grind? Absolutely. Am I watching video? I'm grinding. Like, it's just what I do. And I don't. And so if parents can sit back and allow their kids journey to happen, they're going to have much better experience as well as their kids will. So parents are a problem. But for the, I, I promise you, dude, like for JBS, I'm happy with my program. I'm happy with the kids and the family that's in my program because you won't fit if you're different than that. If it's a if it's a me, when it comes to you or or my kid and my family, if it's that you don't fit with us, right? And we're able to say, kick rocks, right? You know, peace out, because yeah. at the end of the day, this has to be a we not me situation when it comes to club basketball. You want to have an individual success, 
it's a strange thing, right? AAU, kids want to be individually successful and shine as individual. But you cannot do that if you don't have a team mindset. If you don't have a we, not me mindset, we're all going to fail. Exactly. But if we can do that, you're all going to be successful. Uh, it's so crazy to me that and I know I, I feel like every coach or every NBA player, especially the older NBA players that have their own podcasts and stuff, they speak about a lot of this, just this um, – it may, and, it may, and maybe there's some responsibility on us or, you know, because the I always try to look at it from all lenses. I really try to remain objective. And what I mean is just the younger and younger athletes where it's become, the like you said, the me, not re mentality. I, I would attribute a lot of it to social media. You 100. know what I mean? Like that's my. 100. If, you know, I can't say it's all social media because there's obviously some good points to it. Right. 100. But. but it's definitely created a culture of like if I don't have thirty w- win or lose, I-, I didn't do anything. One hundred, and it didn't used to be that way. Yeah, and and it's the social media clips. Yeah, the highlights. Parents go to these different like training things and little camps just mm-hmm. to go get a media clip or a media plug. I have still. I think we got some like maybe 160 kids in university levels right now for JBS. And we'll, we'll talk about what we we're talking about with Stajakovich. Mm-hmm. I've been lucky to keep pr- pretty much the best players in Sacramento within our organization on JBS. Yes. We've been lucky to, like, to make those kids represent Sacramento. Yeah. Nina Kane right now over at University of Oregon right now for her official visit. Mm-hmm. Top 50 in the country. We'd be able to keep her, stay here in Sacramento, represent Sacramento. Doesn't happen on the boys' yeah, side. Yeah, you already know on the boys' side. It's doesn't happen on the boys' side. They yeah. chasing everything else, but except built this here in Sacramento. This out here, yep. Uh, I have never, and I mean never. And the kid, I got Janai Harrell at Stanford right now. I got two kids at Stanford right now. Kids all over the country balling. I have never had a D one coach, D two coach ask me what kind of social media clips they got. <laughs> Ever. Right. But but parents today are derailing their kids' journey because they want to go get a media clip. And everybody asked me, like, when you were first when you're in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, what national tournaments did you play in? Or never. Right. Ever. Right. Now I've been doing it now like right twenty years on the club scene. And and and, and I'm a little ups- not upset. How do I say this? Like when I really started JBS, I really started for kids from North Highlands. They couldn't afford it. Right. It turned into a bigger monster than that. I didn't yeah. have a plan for that. Right. I didn't I didn't plan on that. Yeah, yeah. Like we started just believe sports with Highlands High School because I saw AU organizations coming in and having tournaments at my school, Highlands High School. What I was so I don't know if you know this, I was a coach at Highlands first. No, I so when I retired my last couple of years of playing at in the Philippines, I started helping in the Highlands and coaching the girls team. Never been seen a girls game before ever. <laughs> Never, never went to a Cal Poly girls game. Yeah, I, I, never. I, and so when the AD still there, Steve Eags asked me like, "Come help the girls team." I'm like, "Man, you got to yeah. get mine." <laughs> like, I don't know what he's saying. Man, that. I just came back from the Philippines. My right, pockets, right. <laughs> my, my pockets are heavy. <laughs> they thick. I'm trying to figure out where I'm about to go kick it. Right. Yeah, I ain't coaching yeah. no girls basketball. Calls me again. Say, "Hey, man, we just had a coach quit. The girls now mm-hmm. don't have four different coaches." Can you come help us out? Like, man, Steve, I'm don't know what you're talking about, homie. I ain't never seen girls play. 
I didn't even know we had girls team in Highlands High School. <laughs> I don't, um, mm-mm, nah. All right. Then I don't know if you know or ever heard a guy named Scott Galbraith. Scott Galbraith is a legend from Highlands, played for the Cowboys. And he decides to take over the team, come to help. Now, he called the homie card because he's my oh, little yeah, brother. Yeah, he's me. like, hey. I need your help. I need your help, big dog. Yeah. I know you, Mr. Philippine. You all this, Mr. BMW, you know. You big dog in there, but this is a boy, your boy calling from Highlands. Right. He's just played with the Cowboys, so he's yeah. on status level. Right, right, so he right. pulled the car. So I came out there one day, <laughs> and I've been out there now for the last 21 years. Nice, one, nice. I went one day. One day, <laughs> he was coaching with a football mentality. I was coaching with a basketball mentality, and I was like, okay, man, you're beating up these girls too much. <laughs> he was trying to make them block each other like they was pulling for – Emmett Smith, like y'all, like dude, this ain't Emmett Smith and Troy Eggman out here, right. man. He's trying to make them hit each other. But it's like you said, it's how timing and yeah, luck and that, that's what God's happened. Plan and there you go. That what happened. Then the next, the re- really happened with me. I was still on the contract with the Philippines. Help Scott that year. We actually made it to the playoffs, and that was the most amazing feeling. It, it was to see. Help some kids in North Highlands that didn't have none of this AU training and background and help them be successful. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It was amazing. I know that feeling. Right? And I so I went back home, and then what happened was Scott was off the hook, and then some crazy stories. <laughs> like, wild <laughs> stories. I don't even know. Scott might see this. He might get mad. <laughs> I got to tell one story. So we're playing at Plaster High School. This is a crazy story. We're playing at Plaster High School. Plaster High School just beat Highlands before I came home. Okay. 96 to like 17. Ouch. Two weeks later, I get involved. I'm trying to teach you. All right, why don't we just slow the game down? Teach them how to just get the ball to the right kid. Mm-hmm. And, and if I'll, I'll even say these names because these kids might actually see this. Cassandra Waller. White girl, mom was schizo, used to kick her out of the house, lock her out the door, end up leaving with my mother. Okay. Um, Crystal Jean-Pierre was another world player, and then my absolute dog. Actually, Candace and Cassandra were my first two, like, made me fall in love with girls' basketball. My first love for girls' basketball. And it's kind of one of those addictive drugs, right? Yeah. You're always trying to find it. Yeah. I'm always trying to find my first absolute love when it came to Cassandra and Candace when it was coaching them because they had nothing. They had nothing. And um, they were just like sponges, and they wanted somebody to help save them. That's great, man. Cassandra ended up going to Boise State, San Francisco State. Candace ended up being one of the greatest players at Long Beach State out of Highlands. Now, the year before, they never won a game. Right. Two weeks ago, they played Plaster High School. And I'm starting to help with Scotty. And I'm just saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> you know, he's old school because Scotty grew up in Highland. We were all yeah, talented. Yeah, yeah. So Scotty was having an old school mentality like, we're going to run motion offense. Everybody's touching the ball. We're right, all doing right. this. We getting after. <laughs> Woo-ha. We're Highlands. Ah, you know, we hood. Like, that's how Scotty mentality was. Right, right. I'm like, Scotty, <laughs> if that white girl is not the only one touching the ball <laughs> and Candace ain't the only one touching the ball, and Crystal, and it's kind of funny, Crystal had like one of her fingers was kind of halfway cut off. Oh, and I go, if that girl with the little half finger cut off don't touch the ball, Great nobody touches the ball. That's it. Right? Crystal John Pierre went on and had a great career in college, too. So, Scotty was like, nah, coach, we was, ar- we was right, arguing right, practice. Right. We was arguing in practice. So, nah, coach, we're not doing that. I'm like, Scott, hear me out. Like, dude. Nobody else touched the ball. Yeah. These three, everybody else get the hell out the way. 
we go to Plaster High School. This is again I'm before cell phones. I'm home. I, you know, I mean, when I was coming back and forth, I was going back to San Luis Obispo because I had to work out of California. Yeah, I yeah. had a place to jam and into. I go, we go back. I go back, uh, come back home, and I'm helping Scotty now this year. And I don't even know where Plaster High School is. Okay. I go all the way up Highway oh, 50. Yeah, I yeah, go to see. Plaster. Yeah, you're like, oh. Pla- yeah. And they're like, no, homie, this is El Dorado High School. <laughs> I'm like, well, where the hell is Plaster High School? That's in Arbor. Like, what the hell right, sense does that right. make? That don't make no damn sense. <laughs> So I fly through Highway 49. If you know how that go, that's yeah. a dog that you ready to get sick. So I get there, get to the high school game. My first game. This is my first game. I'm assistant coach with Scott. Get to Placer. They were, again, two weeks before, they were at El Camino tournament. Placer beat them like 96-12. We go to the game, playing the game. We're stalling, holding the ball. They had a kid named Pauly Dong. I don't, I don't kind of remember this. It's crazy. Pauly <laughs> Dong went on to play at University of San Diego. She had a scholarship, D1 kid. Stalling, holding the game. Cassandra's going off. Nobody can stand in front of Candace. Candace is a ball. Handles, but yeah. just fast. Chris is doing her thing. We're winning something like 39 to 24. Right, right before halftime. Balling. Everybody's losing their mind. Right before halftime, the girl Pauly Dawn hits two threes. We're up by eight at halftime. Mind you, 96 no, seven. Yeah, seven 17. to 17. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago. Athletic director, Steve Eakes is still there. We go in the gym, locker room. He's going, Scott goes, walking back and forth, pacing, pacing back and forth. He goes, and a lot of people know Scott, this is afraid, but he don't mind this, I know. Scotty asks Steve, you got anything to say? Steve says, no, nah, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. It's like you're going to turn these girls around in two weeks. Two weeks. Incredible. This is incredible. Scott asked me, Coach Sean, you have anything to say? I'm like, ladies, People make runs. This is basketball. Yeah. This happens. They hit two shots. I know that was kind of crazy. We made it a couple plays that kind of wild, but they're over there in that locker room going, what? What the hell's happening right now? That's exactly what I said. What the hell happened? Yep. They're over there spinning. We are good. We're good. Scotty, 6'4", 6'5". Maybe at this time he's about 275, 260, just all muscle. Tight end. Dallas Cowboys. Gets in front of all the girls. He goes, what the fuck is happening? We had him by the balls. We had him by the balls. Screaming at all the girls. And I know they're like, what? The, the girls are looking at me like, who got balls, coach? They should be playing over here. Like, wrong gender. Every girl in that locker room is bawling. We go out there and get smashed the second half. That's why I stay. So right. after that, I felt like I was a buffer between Scotty and the girls. Yeah. That's yeah. how I ended up doing this club thing. Right. So I stayed. Then the next year, Scotty, no, two weeks later, Scotty get called and get picked up by Green Bay Packers. Okay. Now oh, I'm by yeah, myself. Yeah. And next thing you know, 23 years later, I'm still Now you demand a JVS. Because he, got him by, <laughs> he had him by the balls. Like had him by the ball, stayed me, got me coaching the girls. You can tell, tell him, thank, thanks, thanks yeah. for helping me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's my guy. That's yeah. my family. So jump forward now to club basketball, man. It's like uh, when when Scotty and I were playing, you know, when we were playing, you didn't have that parent involvement. Your parents were like, you're going to get what you get. But it wasn't like entitlement, like, what, why is my kid not getting this? Yeah. Why is my kid not getting that? And I, I have a way with JBS. Like, I don't get that. I don't get that conversation. But right now we had 100, maybe 130 girls in the program. Right. And if you get those kind of people that's going to be a me only first and not see the big picture, 
it's not a good fit. Right. So, um, and I'm gonna do it respectfully. Like, yeah, I, of, course, I, I, of course. Like as a head coach at the Highlands, I, I was telling people this: I've never cut a kid a day in Highlands. I've been the only coach at Highlands High School. I mean, I'm sorry, Antelope. Yeah. Like, I've never cut a kid a, even at Highlands. I never cut a kid. And that's why I have that rule actually, because when I was at Highlands, the kids needed to be part of something. Yeah. Because you know, because you know, other shit that's out there. Way uh, it was yeah. thick at Highlands. Yeah. Like I, I've been through it all when I was coaching the girls at Highlands because it was well, how I grew up there, right? So I we seen it all. So when I got the Highlands, it was like house burns down, parents left, people got shot, people got hurt, drama, car accident. You know, there was never stability. It was always something. So I, any kid that wanted to play basketball. They were on the team. And still today, my Highlands girls are still my ride-or-die kids. Mm-hmm. You know, if I put out the whistle, the smoke signal, they all come in, you know, for whatever. Good. They're down for whatever because it was a different connection. My connection at Antelope is a little different, and I love it, but you have both mom and dad working class community. Yeah. There's no entitlement. Um, I'm never getting an email or a phone call asking me why didn't so and so not play. It's interesting with Antelope. You mentioned that because it is kind of this Different. in between. Because it's in between, because it's because Roseville. You know, two blocks away is Roseville, and in you Oakmont, know the culture and in, West uh, Oakmont, Park, and you know it's just it's just different. And Wood Creek, yeah, and West Park. But you know, but then you go. I guess you could say the other way. Then you have um, uh, Foothill Highlands, Foothill Highlands, Foothill yeah. Highlands, Grant, and that's. San Juan. You're like really in this weird in between. We're spot. in this weird in between that draws for amazing success. Yeah. And we, the crazy part of all that is, right, you got Center over there, Real Linda. Yeah. These are our neighborhood yeah, schools. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right? In the same kind of a community, working yeah. class community. We got working class community. We got people that actually own their homes, although they're middle income homes. Right. You yes. Know? And we're Roseville Unified. Yeah. Very interesting. Very your, lo- your location and just kind of that area. It is very interesting. Incredible melting pot. Mm-hmm. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Like people really think that Antelope is a black school. <laughs> and they're like something like twelve percent of our population. Right, right. It's it's interesting. It is. And we got a strong eighteen to nineteen hundred students. Nice. Nice. Fabulous. You can ask for a better place. It really is one of the best school community in all of Sacramento, I think, because because of the working class and the high academics you get from the Uni- Roseville Unified School District, mm-hmm. you get uh, parents are not feeling their kids are entitled. Like my no. son goes to Antelope right. and he doesn't get entitled for nothing. Right. Right. Um, and it, it makes for an amazing level of competition. Right. It really does. Yeah. It makes for an unlevel, you know, that, you go like you know I'm not gonna throw the other schools under the bus, but it's not happening at Granite Bay. Yeah, it's not happening at Rockland. No, you see what the drama we have there, Whitney. Yeah. You know, this is a different animal you're dealing with. Atmosphere. You know, and uh, coaches are allowed to coach. Yeah, and I will add one last piece of this. Our our superintendent um, of Roseville Unified School District is, is John Becker. Mm-hmm. So John Becker is now the superintendent. He actually opened up Antelope High School. He was our oh, principal he when he opened up the school. When the okay. school opened up like 17 years ago. And he made it a point that sports is going to be highly important here and is going to lead our school culture and climate. And it, and it's been that way since the day we opened school. So. No, that's the, well, well, you already kind of answered my next question. Well, I was going to say like what you're driving for us, but you kind of already yeah, answered that saying no. you want to help the community, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. It helps the community. And then still as a coach, I still like, 
um, work with the fear of failure, but I just challenge a little different now. Right. I'm not afraid to fail, but I used to be afraid. Like I got to, we got to win. We got to win. Right. Right now. I think Antelope, we won the last 11 league titles in a row. Yeah. Now. Well, yeah. Cause you yeah, Cause, um, one of my coaches for my program for YBA elite, um, um, Barrett Bryce, yes. his daughter was on your yes. team last year. I think yes. she was a senior. Yes, um, yes. And he was telling me about, like, he – it was funny because he was – you guys were kicking everybody's ass last year, basically. And, and he was Rolling. he was telling me, he was like, man, I'm tired of even going to her games because I already know the outcome. He's like, I'm just – he's like, I'm yeah. just – yeah, I'll just wait till they get to sections or something like that. Yeah. So, But for last year, did you guys – Make it to section. So we went into section. We okay. went into uh, we went into the final four section. We ended up losing to St. Mary's, which I I do got beef with that, but that's a whole other story yeah, yeah, because yeah. Um, we were a Division two school. Okay. So what happened was when we had Janai Harrell and the kid at Stanford, we were a different animal. Right. We were a different animal. We right. were just like you had an, a very elite level kid. You had a very elite level group of kids, and our because of our level of success for that time has now bumped us the girls program only. From D1, D2, which we I think we belong and should stay, mm-hmm. to D1 for the next two or three, unless we show a level of failure. Right. Which right. I think is ridiculous. Yeah. Because those girls that were ridiculously good that were there three, four years ago, the kids that were not even in middle school are suffering yeah. because of their success. I think the right. rule is, is asinine. I think it's ridiculous. I actually talked to the guy who actually put the rule in play last, uh, about two, three weeks ago. Uh, John Williams, his son's now the coach at Liberty High School. His daughter's younger, his granddaughters are now playing for JBS. Right, So right. he's in my gym the other day. I'm like, dude, your rule is ridiculous. He goes, it really is. He goes, I really put it well, in. At least for, he he goes, I, I really put it in before I resign, right. retire for the private school, the St. Mary's of the world, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Modesto Christians of the world, those right. schools that were really going straight and recruiting kids to be right. Sac High of the world back in the day when Sac High was a monster, when they had a charter school. Yeah. That were, he's, that's why I put it in. And they go, but now it is affecting yeah. some of the public schools that we didn't intend to. Yeah. Because right now, my kids should have had a chance to win Section Division Two last year, but we got bumped up to Division One, and we could have won it. Because because another team that's kind of in that same boat, I would say, like you on the boys' side, yep. is like Vanden. Absolutely, because Vanden's a Division Three, yep. I think, or Division Two or Three. Yeah, but they got pushed up. Yeah, but you know they got. I mean, they shoot. Uh, Coach Holloway, he's been doing a phenomenal job Coach there. Is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I really like Mike, and um, yep. but I'm just saying, like, he gets that level of talent, but. You know yeah. as well as I do, the different levels. Different is, levels. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's tough. And the thing about us right now, we're going to always be competitive. That's the problem, right? Yeah. So right now, we are a D2, Division two school, and we should remain in our numbers. But because of our history and the fact that a lot of my kids are mixed into the JBS program, they're going to be solid and they're going to be competitive. So they're going to always have a chance to make that Final Four every year. Yeah. Now, the chance to win the division – which we should right. is being taken away from us right. because at the end of the day, St. Mary's is still going to have no boundaries because they can recruit. Yeah. Folsom <laughs> is having a good run because right. they just having a good run. Right. So that could always flip around because they are a public school. Exactly. Now. Um, so every other, the public, cause I don't care. McClatchy is a public school, like all the other D one monsters out there. Um, but St. Mary's 
who had won a string of like 20 champions for mm-hmm. the girls' side, they're always going to recruit. Well, yeah. we got three kids from Sacramento going to St. Mary's High School right, right, right now. I mean, exactly. you know, come on. Yeah. You know, so they're always going to have no boundaries. And that's, uh, that's what the rule was for. But now you're punishing the public schools. Yeah. Because they had some level of success, which I think is foul. Because yeah. as long as I'm at Antelope, we're going to be successful. Right. I don't right. care. I don't know how you put it. We're going right. to we're going to have a run. You know, and that's I took that model. It's not my thing. It was like I took that from Oak Ridge High School. Okay. So when I got into girls basketball at the, at the level, when you go back to club basketball, when we talk about that, when I first started coaching, again, fear of failure, and I wanted to be successful, I started looking at the programs that were successful. So I looked at Oak Ridge High School, Steve Williams. Steve White, I'm sorry, Steve White, I was like, why are they always good? Mm-hmm. So I started watching them. So a lot of pe- people don't know this about Sean Chambers. Like, people think that I get kids come to my school. They think that things just happen not organically. Right. Like, I really went and watched Oak Ridge and go, how are they always good? He has a EDH program, right? You know, the EDH all-net program. Yeah. That those kids are starting at third grade. So I'm like, oh, okay. Theater programs. So by the time they get to eighth grade, the cream has truly risen to the top. Yep. And those kids that are going to continue to play are going to play. Mm-hmm. And you see them out at Harwood Palace yeah. every weekend. Yeah. And I'm like, got it. And they know the system. They know, know the system. How, you know, the space. I mean, they're they're learning at a very early age. Like, you know what I mean? The f- my first time playing Oakridge was last year in the playoffs. That was the first time I've ever we ever seen each other and we beat them. Okay. It was the second round of playoffs. But my whole and I told him like my whole makeup as a coach started watching why you were always good. And you may not always have that elite kid. Yeah. But you're always gonna be good if right. you have a certain system and standard in place. Exactly. You can always be competitive. Yep. Now you may get that in ear. Now you got Janiah Harrell and yeah. Kyle Lassane and you, these get, you get that one stud that just that one stud and now we're just I'm sitting back like, yeah, I wish you would. I was <laughs> I'm sitting back like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give y'all right. about 10 minutes and it's over. And I'm going to try to keep myself engaged because right. it's about to go down. Exactly. I yeah. know exactly. And I'm, man- I'm really managing the kids more than I'm managing the game because right. they know we're about to be up by 30 at half, first quarter and now yeah. they want to play more. Right. And I'm like, exactly. slow it down. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so that's the thing when it comes to high school and antelope and stuff like that. But now going back to the club stuff with the parents. Problem. If a kid lets their journey happen, it's going to happen. Yes. Um, the club scene. There's levels to this. I didn't create it. I didn't make it. But there's levels to this. And there's levels to being on certain circuits. There's levels to, like, being able to put kids on a certain stage. Now, and I say that, and I say this wholeheartedly, like, I can't have everybody. I can't have, yeah. I don't put more than 10 kids on the team. Right. So I'm trying to look for, and I don't, I, when I say this, I am a NorCal team. I'm a Sacramento team, really. Like, I try to build my top team, my 3SSB team, with Sacramento roots kids. Of course. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Like, a lot of people got teams from kids from all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the Bay Area teams, the Cal Stars, the, right. the kids. Because the only heavy hitters, and again, you correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just, as an observer on the girl side, um, but only the real teams i see on the on the girl side that i would say can compete with you in terms of you know being a circuit team would be um jason kid elite mm-hmm. um west coast elite to a degree 
but I don't think they have such a good foothold here anymore. I'm not going like to tell they, them we beat them by 35, yeah. but don't worry about that. I won't bring that up. No, I'm kidding. It was 25. <laughs> nah, but I respect what yeah, they're trying to no, do. Though. And then Cal Stars. Like and Cal Stars. And, now, and with them, you guys, we are a Sacramento-based team. Yeah. All my kids are from this region. Right. I got one kid come out of from Ready. Right? Right, right. And I had to pick up a kid that came from Fresno. Okay. But my program, and I tell everybody, I'm a Sacramento program. Yeah. All those other teams. They're pulling from yeah, I know. They're from all over. So I've been lucky for the most part to get pretty much the top core kids every year from Sacramento to stay home and represent. Nice. And able to I, put them maybe on Maybe you stage. could teach me something because I wish I could do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mindset. Right, I'm going to let right. you know. If you buy into this, you're going to get rewarded, right? And so uh, so now when I go about the stages, like, and again, I can't have every kid, but it the reality is what it is. Like the fact that I can put you on a three SSB program on stage in Sacramento, out of Sacramento, like here, a home-based program out of Sacramento, it's, it's hard to compete with. Yeah. You know, the other programs are cool and I respect the guys that's doing all the local stuff, but I can put you on a stage where you're playing against Adidas had, I think somewhere like top on each grade level, the top 25 kids, on an Adidas circuit this year for the girls' side. Nice. On the 16U and the 17U. Yeah. I could put you on that stage where you can play against them. And now you're going against them, and there's and your now chance. You're now Nina's Kane is top 50 in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I Liv Yerk is in right now out of Oak Ridge High School is born yeah. up into the top 100 right now. Sacramento-based kids. And I tell kids, once you're in my program, I am a loyalist at fault. When you're in my program, if I got a kid that's been rocking with me like since sixth grade, seventh grade, I don't care. It's my job to make you that good. It's my job to make you legit. I'm never going to go out of Sacramento, recruit over you, and say, mm. I'm very much the same way. Me and you, me and you are the same in that philosophy because if you, you know, I tell people, go on my Instagram. You can scroll yeah. down and see it. Like you see yeah. the kids as they grow up with me. And 100. And I'm doing that on the boy side. But unfortunately, on the boy side, like Different we kind of alluded to, yep. you know, you can coach a kid up from fifth grade. Nobody notices him. But by sophomore year, 16U, whatever, he's, I'm out. I'm playing with Jalen Green Elite. I'm playing with Oakland Soldiers. I'm playing with Team Lillard. I'm playing right. blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's. Just That's where the girl is a bit yeah, different. Yeah, the girl's exactly. a bit different. They'll stay uh, with you. Girls. And I know this mainly from, um, you know, shout out to Coach Shaw and Coach King because yep. they run our YBA girls side, yep. you know, our division. Um, they tell me all the time. They're like, girls are more loyal. They're more, 100. you know, they buy in and they appreciate you more. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> I can definitely see that. Uh, there's a, the really good kid out of Rockland High School, her name is Bianca. Um, she's been with Team Tet for years. Mm-hmm. And, like, and honestly, like Tet knows, like his – his platform was not that of the other team, like a Cal Stars or right, a JBS. He, right. And he was straight up, we talk about it. Yeah. And But the kid's been loyal. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't leave. And then, for whatever reason, she kind of opened herself up this year and became a bidding war in September. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. So I, used to have to re- I actually reached out to him as well. And I, I believe she ended up choosing to go play for Cal Stars next year. But it was the fact that she stayed loyal this whole time. And this is late in the game now for her. Yeah. She's going into yeah. her sophomore year. Yeah. You know, she could have been on the stage last year. But she stayed loyal to him and his program, which I respect. You know, and that's one of the things I'm different when it comes to a club director. And I'm I, I, not much of a cusser, but I bullshit you not. This is what Sean Chambers and JBS will never do and my coaches will never do. 
if you play for Team Ted or Tom Tran or Jason Kittelead or Cal Stars, I would never, and I mean never, absolutely never, go at your parents or you and say, hey, come holler at me. Come play right. for me. Right. And that is 100, 100. Everybody else doesn't operate like that. Of course not. Everybody, it, it's, it, Just and I mean, everybody does it. Yeah. And I don't think anybody that does, but I feel good in my, I feel good in my skin that that's how I operate. Even though I, you may lose a kid and it feels dirty and yeah, it feels, yeah, yeah. it feels ugly. That's the yeah. ugly part of, about AU. But I, um, I have no problem. Like if a kid leaves, they leave. It was meant to be, but I, I will never again, never have I got kids from other programs. Yes. But usually I'm guessing like the parents, 100 or the, 100 you know, and or like, some yeah, disgruntled something that happened with yeah, that other team exactly. they didn't feel good Liv Yerkeson is one of the best players in all of Sacramento of Northern California she was playing with two other teams that didn't think she was good enough and end up in my gym one day remember this name Liv Yerkeson end up in my gym one day last year the first day she stepped in my gym I go she's different yeah she may not be making all her shots but she reminds me of me with her motor in mm-hmm. fear of failure she wanted to be successful at everything once we get her minds, when we we got her mindset to understand, ain't nobody a hundred percent. Right, right. <laughs> nobody is. And nobody. She has her. She has been blown off the Richter scale. Just got offered by Cal Berkeley. Uh, I mean, just just left and right getting these nice. offers, and it's like when she realized you ain't got to be perfect. You just got to be damn good. Yeah. And she's amazing. But she she literally walked in my gym after she left two of those programs you name. I'm not going to name them, but they were like, she ain't good enough. I'm like, that's how we got it. But I didn't go. Yeah, you didn't go. I didn't go to that right. parent and say, hey, by the way, man, right. this is what I can do for you at yeah. JBS. I can sponsor you because I can sponsor a lot of kids because, of as you know, with the 3SSB, yeah. we get a chunk of change. Exactly. We get a chunk of change. I think that's another part when it comes to JBS uh, with people. Don't count my money. Right. Don't count my pockets. A lot of people look and say, okay, if they got a club fee of 100 bucks a month and they got about a, I'm in the gym and I see about 190 to about 110 kids in the gym and people's going, counting the numbers. Right. They don't know. Like maybe 40 of those kids I realize got other circumstances going on that they're not paying club fees. Right. So don't count. And that's nobody's business, but. But that's what happens yeah. in club basketball. So you you may see kids or some parents get a little disgruntled, like, man, like, you know. I know what you mean. You know, I mean, you know YBA. You've, you 100. know what we deal with. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I 100. Get, and it's, it's, um, it's interesting because you hear all, I was listening to uh, uh, Gilbert Arena's podcast. You know, yes. I listen to podcasts all over because I'm obviously doing my own so I always try to listen to my my peers um and, and no chill Gil is definitely <laughs> a very vocal brother yes he is um but he AAU was brought up right AAU and the topic of um because he he was proposing or his his idea was we should start adopting the model of um uh overseas like uh like you know the uk or things like you know how they have clubs professional clubs as right. opposed to here where it's still amateur right you know and he because he because of course the thing he brought up he said there's there's a lot of people using this as a cash grab yep which yeah it's out there you know what i mean like you can't deny that fact if, if there's if there's a lot of people doing things the right way and doing it um on the side that you would say is 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 good there's going to be people doing it 
on the opposite side of the spectrum. 100. It just is. It's, I tell, I had an episode with my brother because he runs a program in Portland. I said, it's up to parents to use discernment. Discernment. On who they're dealing with. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, that's, that's not, it's not my job as a co-director of this organization to monitor other organizations. Exactly. All I can tell my parents is, okay, this is what we've done. This is our history. This is what our structure is. You know, if this works for you, be a part of it. If it doesn't go elsewhere, but then if you go elsewhere and you get burned, don't look back at me like, Oh, you, I should have done something or you should have warned me. I don't have time to worry about somebody else. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I got enough shit on my home plate. You know what I mean? That is Sean Chambers and JBS right there. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, this is what we do. This is our character. Um, I got great people. Uh, my coaching staff is amazing. Like I have females that are high school coaches. Uh, my circle is very tight. I think that's one of the reasons I'm kind of a, a unique story in Sacramento. Like people know me, yeah, but they don't really know, like me. know me. Yeah, they don't really know me. It's They're better like, that they way. See oh, me yeah. at Harwood. They're like, man, there's that guy. <laughs> And but it's I'm, better that way, trust me. And I'm you loud, I'm whistling, <laughs> and then I get in, I get out, and you don't see me for another two or three right, weeks right, at Harwood right. because typically my top teams for JBS, we never you're play at tra- Harwood. We're traveling. We, exactly. don't, we don't play at Harwood. Yeah. My younger kids can play there. Uh, but uh, I tell people when, you, when they come to my tryouts, you come to my trial, go see everybody. And I'm 100% mean. Go see everybody. Go see Jason Kidd. Go see Cal Stars. Yeah. Come see JBS and then make a, a a business decision. Yeah, you know. But you're gonna see like we are who we are. You know, we're not trying to be like uh, back. And I'm I'm gonna go sideways because I never talked about this program much. Is it, the militant? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember them. I remember them. Team like brash, obnoxious, off the hook, and their whole goal was trying to take JBS down. But I was like, we are who we are. Exactly. And they did different tactics to try to, but. Um, they're no longer here. That reminds me of what you just described, and I, not to cut you off, I just uh, it just clicked to me. So I I read a lot of books. Right. That's I don't know. I'm just a reader. I'm not, I'm not gonna make it sound like I'm some profound thing. I just I actually read books. But there was a um, book I read called The um, Infinite Game versus The Finite Game mm. um, by Simon Sinek, and I really love that book because it, what you described is exactly the philosophy of that. He said. You know, um, it, it was he, he used an analogy and I just did the quick version of it. But it was Apple verse um, when they came out with the, the the iPad or, you know, the iTunes and all that stuff. And there was that and the Zune. I don't know if you remember Zune and that was their mm-hmm. big MP3 players, yep. all the MP3 players. He said um, Zune, when it came out, they marketed well. They did that and they were kicking uh, Apple's butt, you know what I mean, in terms of marketing and and. Simon Sinek had an opportunity to sit down with the Apple rep, uh, rep and he said, man, the Zoom, you know, they're they're killing y'all right now. And and the Apple rep turned to him and said, yeah, I have no doubt. It's a good product. Right. Right. And like he right. didn't, you know, and he and it, it occurred to him, he said, the goal of the infinite player is to keep playing the game. One hundred. The finite player wants to beat you. Right. Right. But finite meaning. They're going to end. They're going to end. Right. Right. But the goal, the infinite guy ain't worried about beating anybody. We're just worried about keep playing the game. As long as we keep playing the game. That's right. That's our win. That's right. Right. So I just want more people to, I guess, hear that 
on this show because the premise of most of this show is to kind of try to enlighten people on how this AU system and this monster works. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people in the AU system. I'm going to be very careful here because I don't want to people in the bus. But there's a lot of people that we've lost some players that because they wanted the here and the now. Yeah. And I'm like, we're in the long game, though. We're looking at the long run. Like, where are you going to put your kid on the stage in the next four or five years right now? Right. And once again, if you're taking the long game, you're doing it the right way and you're doing things the right way. God put, you get addition by subtraction. Yeah. We lost some kids and picked up like three or four kids that are phenomenal mm-hmm. that fit what we do. They right. fit their parents fit what we do. The parents is all in. And again, um, I don't go after kids. I don't go after programs. I don't talk about other people's program. I don't talk about what they are and what they're not. Um, and, and, one thing about JBS, we're consistent. We do what we say we're going to do, and I, I'm very true to my word. So I, that's my my Highlands makeup again about the kids I was working with Highlands. It was like I had to be true to everything I said I was going to do because they had too many heartbreaks going on in their lives. Right. So, And that's still their model today. What, if I'm saying we're opening up a gym on Sunday at 8 o'clock, we're going to be at the gym at 8 o'clock. I'll be the first one there. Nice. You know? And so we're always looking at the long run. And now – some of our younger kids, like I said, we lost some kids because of his this, that, and the other reason. But they're trying, they're four years from now, right. like you said, when you call me talking about uh <laughs> I mean, like I'm a loyalist at fault. That kid was not at your level when you left. Right. Now that kid is different. You're not that kid. Cause that kid stayed committed to this program. Exactly. And we're different. Because eventually, as we continue to grow, there's mindset that goes with it. There's a skill level that ends up coming with it. There's understanding of being on. One of the reasons, like, some of the kids that I don't get in Sacramento for JBS is because of the stage, right? So they know. There's, when you have 5th, 6th, and 7th graders coming to gym right after or before Nina Kane, Liv Jerkins, and the older kids that they see are just massive rock stars, they understand there's a level of expectations now that they have to right. hold up to. Yeah. So those kids are getting that now. Now the fifth grader, the sixth grader, the seventh grader, they're understanding right now we are different. We are different. We are different than everybody in Sacramento. I'm sorry, but we are. We're just different than all yeah. the main group of teams in Sacramento. Once they get to that ninth grade and sophomore year, they've been on that umbrella for so much. So when they show up again, they're like, this is what we do. Right. Right now, they may have some struggles with every now and then because they can't. Of course. We're not supposed to lose the local teams. Yeah. We're not supposed. We're right, right. Adidas sponsor program. We're not to have challenges against local teams. It's a different umbrella. And some parents, although they want it for their kids, they don't always want that pressure on their kid either. Right, right. They want, oh, I want the easiest route possible. Yes. The less resistance possible. The kids that are in our program right now, like the younger girls that are going right now, the high school kids are getting started. They uh, they're going under that that gauntlet right now. Understand? We're different. Yeah. We show up in Harwood. We're different. Yeah. You got the orange and purple on and gray. You're different. Right. And then the people that we're about to play against, they go, oh damn, they're here this weekend. Yeah. We ain't seen them in a while. You exactly. Know? And then they will take their lumps and bruises right now, but the cream will keep rising to the top. I don't care what happens now, but for those group of kids, when they're sophomores in high school, they're going to walk on the stage now. It's what we do. Nice. That's what we do. I wanted to ask you then, before we move into the other segments, um, if you don't mind talking about it, because I I talked about it on my on my YouTube and on my 
different podcast episodes and whatnot, trying to kind of give a little bit of a layout of how do you get to the, the 3SB point or the 3SG point. And, and, you know, I think me and you are probably going to say a lot of the same similar things. You got to be consistent. You got to, yes, you got to win. You got to, you know, you got to grind in terms of, and I go, you know, I kind of went into detail. I said, not grind, not like everyone says grind, grind. Like that's, that's a buzzword, but I mean, like, no, you have to physically take these kids where they need to go. You need to wash their damn uniforms. You need to make sure, you know, parents are getting kids where they need to be on time. You need to make sure you have a certain level of studs there. Like just all that in turn, if you want to give like a quick summary of so how it worked for out for us you. to start off with, when we, it, it, we're again, it, it's one of those things I hate to say is one of God's callings. I'm sorry. It is what it is most of the time. And if you do right, you will be rewarded. Um, my very first JBS team, Amanda Johnson, Brittany Shine, Sarah James, Kyra Dunn, they're referees out here. Brittany Shine and Kyra Dunn out Your recall ability is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Way. I'm blown, I'm blown <laughs> like, away. He says so, name after name after name. Like, this so, is your recall ability. So, actually, funny. that's one of my biggest skills as a coach. I don't forget nothing. <laughs> I got to give you credit forget. on that because I got uh, good recall ability, but you yeah, right now, man, yeah, you got great is. recall ability. Yeah, Madison Lee. <laughs> so, my very first team. And it, 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 I can back up a little bit. I started a thing we used to call Sacramento. I don't know how long you've been Sacramento. We used to have the Sac Super 60. So we used to have a boy side and a girl side. Mm -hmm. well, I, well, when I took off at Highlands, going back to the clubs thing, my kids can afford AU clubs. They can afford AU tournaments. And I didn't understand why they were using Highlands High School gym. And our gym were a community of kids that could, could not afford it. Why are we using, and they still use Highlands, yeah, right? Yeah. We know that, right? Uh, I don't know what I just said. Oh, but, <laughs> but they still use Highlands for tournament. Right. So what? girl named Trista Rossi, dog, one of my dogs at Highlands. When I got to Highlands, I became like, you know, re the reason I started coaching girls too was like, I knew I gave it some kind of credibility because of who I was as a Sacramento Hooper. Because history and all that, yeah. My absolutely. Sacramento Hooper, so I gave girls basketball a huge stage yeah. when I started coaching girls yeah. basketball. People were like, whoa. Absolutely. Sean Chambers is coaching girls, what the, what, how's that happen? Yeah, right. Other people start getting in the game. Yeah. Like other dudes start getting in the game. Right. And again, wasn't the plan. Trista Rossi, my dog, she's a, she's a North Highlands dog her families are dogs the rossi families are dogs they are a, a white italian i'm talking street dogs the whole family nice dogs like nice. they're hood all right they're hood <laughs> white kids that. in highlands trista was a Glad dog trista this is literally what happened trista goes up to highlands to go watch the au tournament mm -hmm. charles baldwin you know Charles Yeah, Ball. of course. Ball. Charles Ball yeah, was yeah, running yeah. the tournament. SAS, of course. Charles Ball was running the tournament. I don't even know anything about AU. Yeah. I don't know anything about right, AU. Right. She goes, Coach, there's a game going on in the gym and they won't let me in. Excuse me, what? Right. There's a tournament going on at Highlands. I want to watch the game, but they won't let me in. Can you get me in? Yeah, you're like, well, let me see. Breaks, punched. Yeah. Car, I had a stick ship <laughs> flying. Get up to this guy. What the frick you talking about? You got a game in our gym. They ain't gonna let you right. in the gym. Get up there. They have this tournament. I go in the gym. And, you know, 
I'm a good dude, but when I push my buttons, you know, I can go, I can go Highlands Oak Park. Right, right. I walk in the gym like, man, I'll shut this shit down. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? You don't have yeah. one of my girls in my neighborhood right. run a tournament in our gym that this kid can't even afford because the outsource, they can't even afford it to be in the gym for the five or six dollars. And you're not going to let them in to yeah. watch? Right. Oh, hell no. Next day, I, I'm in the gym creating a scene. The guy's like, I don't know who you are. I'm like, well, I'm Sean Chambers. That's my picture on the wall. That's my number retired in Highlands. I go in there. I'm like, well, we need to meet on Monday with the principal. Again, I'm a Highlands dude. Yeah. Our principal at the time. As a school administrator now, I understand the things that a principal, an administrator, an athletic director can do and have hands on if they choose to. Right. Or they can let just things go be dealt with somewhere else. Well, I started, I, what I don't like people doing, don't count his number, because I don't know what team he lets in for free or not, but I was yeah. counting his number. I'm like, okay, if this dude's in our gym at Highland, we're charging, if you know Twin Rivers, it's like, if you can get a permit in, you don't, it's different. Yeah. You can't get in the Roseville gyms, right, 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 right without no. paying full price. Yeah. Twin Rivers, if you got the right connection, you can get in for the right price. Trust me, I know, because I use it sometimes. Right. Okay, so, they t I tell him, like, if Charles Ball is charging $300 to pop a team right now, he's got 40 teams. And back then, if you remember, all the AEU Nationals, the qualifiers, was Charles Ball. Yes, I remember. So he had every team in Sacramento yeah. locked up. So I was counting the number. He's got 100 teams in here at $300. And we let him in here for $350 for the weekend. And my kid can't get him in here just to watch. Shut the whole thing <laughs> down. Shut it down. We shut Charles Baldwin down for about five months. I couldn't get in the Highlands anymore. My principal was pissed because he yeah. wasn't doing the number. Right. That's kind of shame on you. Right, right. And the athletic director was just getting like the boys program was just getting some. Yeah. The girls weren't getting yeah, anything. Yeah, the like, boys were getting like 300 yeah, bucks. Yeah. I go. So we had a meeting at the principal's office. Boom. With the principal, me, Charles Baldwin, AD, the, the boys. And I did the number. I threw it in his face. I like, this is what they're doing for AU. I didn't know, and I didn't know anything about AU right now. I didn't know the money that goes with that. I didn't know the tournament fees. I didn't know. The, you just did the. I just mad because yeah. they didn't let my girl in the gym. Yeah, yeah. So I go, so I look at the numbers. So Charles Baldwin, like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to let all your teams in for free. And plus, we'll give you $600 each team for every time we run one. I go, I don't want your tournament in for free. Give me the money. I decide if I want to play there or not. But what you will do, whenever a Highlands kid want to come into their own gym, yeah. and we're making Oak Ridge kids better, we're making Roseville kids better, we're making kids yeah. from Granite Bay better that can afford this. You let my kid in. They can at least watch. Shut it down. So he this deal, and like I think three years later, I'm at Allen yeah, High School. Right, now, right, you know, right, but right. so 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 that's how this whole AU thing. I started to know about. Uh, the high AU and stuff like that, but that my whole thing with high was like I was always the battle for kids that couldn't afford it. So I, I am a, I am still a kid that sponsored kids, but my program has kind of grown away from really reaching out to those true right. inner city kid. And I'm kind of like don't know how to get it back to it's that hard, a little bit, though, you know, because you've grown into this animal yeah, now. Yeah, it, you know, it's hard to find that balance. Above. It really is. It's, it's, it, it, it bugs me, but yeah. I kind of have to live with it. That what. What helped get you to that? To that. So point? also, was I'm it? sorry. So yeah. that was no, no, all we get to. Fine. Yeah, my no, bad. So so then, when I had my very first team, I had those girls, Brittany Shine, Sarah James, and all them. So we were instantly successful. So we came out the box like smashing people, and I didn't know where I didn't know what to expect. Right. But what I did was because my girls from Highlands couldn't travel, so we came out the box. We I didn't know anything about teams. I didn't know about organizations. I didn't know anything. I knew like 
One of the things you had to go to back in the day was the Oregon Trails Tournament. Mm-hmm. We go out to the Oregon Trails Tournament, and probably our first game, we win by like 40. Nice. First year. First year, okay? First tournament, first year. Mm-hmm. We win by 40. We play the next team, we win by 30. We play the next team, and there's about maybe I bullshit you not, maybe about 90 coaches at a game. And I'm like, they ain't here for us. Because <laughs> we got this big-ass Just right. Believe Sport. That was our uniform our first right. year. Just Believe Sport. My whole right, right. Just Believe. And, and so the Just Believe Sports come from because I when I – was playing over there, you know. If you know think about Philippines, a lot of uniform companies. Yes. And I decided I'm going to start a uniform company while I'm playing. Yeah, they hit my Instagram up all the time. Boom. So, <laughs> so my uniform company, because of that, fly back home. Just right. believe it's got to be something sports. Okay, right. that's where JBS comes from. Right. So the next game, we're I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, we're playing Philadelphia Rise. Don't know. I don't know anything about teams. I don't know who. Nobody. Nothing. I get there and uh, ninety coaches there. Smacked him. We had a girl named Amanda Johnson, six one girl, six two, out of Santa Rosa, Filipina dog. Her dad had called me and said, "Hey, I heard you might be doing an AU team." I go, "Is she coming? We got one now." <laughs> and then I had Brittany Shine, who was my dog. Her mom and I grew up together. A few other pieces, and it was just like they was just dogs. We was just. We had a, what it was. It was a team that was actually funny. Believe it or not, there was a team that was out in Placer. He had a team called the Miners, Go Miners, okay. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was the, it was a known AAU team in Sacramento. It was a minor, but it was based out of Placer, right, Placer right. High School. The yeah. team we ended up beating. Well, they kind of collapsed. You know the, you know Jurgles, you know the Jurgles, the referees. Yes. The yeah, two brothers. Yeah, Jer- yeah Jer- uh, Their Mike, dad, yeah. Charles Jurgle, yeah. had a team. He passed away few years back his dad had a team called the miners at gold nuggets or something like that yeah. and he kind of introduced me to this whole uh, scene and one day okay. with the one year i took candace my girl from highland to join his team and i went to oregon trials and i saw this my first au game i saw that i was i thought candace was a and candace was a dog she's a dog i love this girl now she's a uh She's a sergeant or a police officer in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And my girl, Cassandra, the white girl I was telling you about, yeah. their mom kind of used to kick her out the house. She's a superintendent in Florida. Wow. Like, they're both are amazing success story. Like, like today, again, I'm always searching those dream to impact kids like yeah. that. Well, I go to Oregon Trails. Uh, a friend of mine who was one of my coaches at the one time, she was coaching at Sac State when they went there. So I went. I'm going to watch Candace's playing with the I – t- I flew Candace there, mm-hmm. her and I. She's playing with this Nuggets team from Placer. First time I'm seeing AU tournaments. And I'm sitting in the stands at the old Oregon Trust gym. And the first game I'm watching is this girl coming down the court. Shooting threes. I'm like, damn. Sitting next to me, Pat Summon, Gino Ariami, all these college coaches that I've seen on TV. But I don't really know the girls game like that. I'm still just like, oh, wow, that's cool. Because back then, there was no... Section for coaches. No, no, everybody no, said yeah, with, everybody each other, with each other, right? You're back right, in the school, back right. in the day. So yep. you got you see like coaches. I'm like, oh, that's good. Watching this, I'm like, damn, it's nice. <laughs> Look at that. I'm like, but she ain't Candace. Candace better than her. <laughs> okay, I'm like, ooh, wait a minute. Damn, 
deep three. I'm like, dude. <laughs> so now I'm a fan. Right. I'm watching this game. I'm going to tell you who his name is in a second. And then now I'm all tripping. Oh, my God. I'm hitting Pat Summit. Did you see that? Oh, my God. You see this? Oh, my God, Gino. Right. Like, girl, shoot, throw a Nolan pass. Boom. Pulls up. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Candace, you ain't this girl, man. I'm right. like, so I'll tell you, you my dog. <laughs> but this girl... Ain't. I don't know who this girl is. And they were like, and my girl, my friend who's sitting with me, like, would you settle down? And I'm obnoxious. Like, right. when I'm in my girl, please, I'm making money. I'm on break from the Philippines. I'm right. just kicking it. Diana Taurasi. Oh, shh. Go figure. Diana Taurasi. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who Diana is, but she ain't no Candace Wilson. I left the gym. I was like, Dang. You're like, yeah, you're right. She ain't no kids. <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's levels to this. Yeah. I got to get my kids better. Right. Because I thought Kendall was a dog. She was a dog. Top five player in the city that year. But she went no down into right. Rossi. Yeah. And then there was some six footers out there that was shooting jumpers, playing like girl. I'm like, okay. So then when the next year, I actually had my own team. Right. Now, I still don't know teams. So we're playing like we're playing at Philadelphia Phillies. Number one, two team in Nike. I don't know this though. Right. I don't know. I knew they had a six six girl out there. And I was like, my girls, <laughs> I remember this. We're we're in Oregon Drill. We go there and uh <laughs> so we were rolling. We play first two games, we're rolling. Next game, we're about to play the Philadelphia Rods. They're Phenomenal. They're still phenomenal. They're still a Nike team, EYBL team now. You know, this is before there was an EYBL yeah, team. Well, yeah. My girls come running out the gym. So Oregon Trail is a trip. You got a main court down here, another court in the corner, and then you got a court up top, right? In the main school. So at the new school. So my girls come running out the gym. They're like, Coach, oh my God, they got a six six girl. Oh my God, they got a six five girl. And I was like, I ain't playing, like, so y'all yeah, better figure it out. Figure. I'm like, what y'all want me to <laughs> you, do? You don't want us playing. <laughs> I'm not playing, and I literally, and I'm not gonna joke you. Like, I am like poker face, and I learned this as a player. As you know, you can never show fear, yeah. man. I purposely walked in the middle of the court when I walked in the gym. I purposely walked in front of all the coaches. They don't know who I am. Ain't from Adam. They don't know anything about our program. We started off thirty to twelve on these fools. Nice balling. That's good. Every one of those kids got major D1 college. That's great. Amanda Johnson went to Oregon, being one of the greatest players of Oregon. Brittany Shine with, went to Florida. Sarah James went to Stanford. It was just every nine kids on that team got D1 scholarships from right. that game. And then from then on, it was like, how do you get better? Right. Okay, how do you get better? And then it started to get to a place where we went from one team. We had one team, mm -hmm. okay, that year. Then the next year, Brittany Shine and Sarah James were actually, we had juniors, we had seven juniors that all went D1. Brittany Shine and Sarah James were freshmen, going to be freshmen. They were freshmen in high school. The next year, it was like we started getting people to want to come play with them. Right. And then we were highly successful that year. Brittany Shine, I mean, I don't know if you know about Sarah James. She's considered one of the greatest that ever played in Sacramento. Okay. She was in action. She was an All-American oh, out of wow. Oak Ridge. Okay, nice. Came and played for us. And then the next year, that team, they their junior team, we had just, we had one kid came to play from us out of San Jose. Another kid came from, play from, from a Oak, um, 
from um, Bishop O'Dowell High School, Michaela Lyles, um, Ariel Thomas from McClatchy High School. And it was like every kid went Oregon, 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 Cal, Stanford, Pittsburgh, Florida, um, Seattle University. When so, they, you were, so you were just creating this It was just a fire. Little by little. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. just a fire. The next year we went from one team, then it went to three teams. Mm-hmm. And we were still highly successful. Then right. it went from three teams, then we started getting people to want to join us. Like, can we bring our whole team over right, and join right. you? Then we went from three teams to like five teams. Then it was six teams. Right. Now, the team that put us on the map was, I don't know if you heard of um, um, Gigi Garcia. Aaron Garcia is the athletic director at, at Capital Christian High School. Yeah, uh, her I son, their son played yeah, there yeah, last yeah. year, and he's now the quarterback at, at San Jose State. Well, Gigi Garcia's team was the team that eventually we were having so much. We were, but we were having a level of success right. in regular tournaments, like of course. at Oregon Trail. We were making it always in the final four. We never won it. One right. year we made it to the finals. The year we were supposed to win it, uh, Gigi Garcia ended up tearing the ACL in Oregon. And the, we were smoking teams. We right. were phenomenal. Everybody on that team signed major D1s. But we were having a level of success against known programs. Right. Like not, I mean, not only success. Yeah, but you're smashing. Yeah, making them look like a wreck team. I believe this wholeheartedly. wholeheartedly. Uh, a lot of people may not know the story, but we are one of the programs that made Nike start their circuit for the girls. So what used to happen was the guy who runs the Nike tournaments and the Nike tournament champions in, in Arizona, he would let certain teams come in that were independents. Yeah. Okay. So we had a team, JoJo Fasuetti and um, Sharice Holloway, and we had a girl named Manny. So, Crazy story. I called Jo Jo Josetta. Her name is Josetta. I call her the Pie Piper, six three, and she's gonna watch this probably, and she might. She will not get mad. She's about three twenty five. Big mama, but Joe was a Pied Piper. I used to go. This is what I used to do. This is people don't even know this. Joe lived in just outside of San Jose, almost by by Stanford. Yeah. Every weekend, I would go pick up Joe on Friday, bring her to Sacramento. She practiced Saturday and Sunday. She stays with one of the teammates. Sunday, I drive her, her back back to San Jose. That's a two and a half hour drive, two hour, two and a half hour drive back home. Jeez, but see, that's the grind people don't know about. They that's don't know saying. about that's that. The grind people don't know about. They don't know about that. They just see the the final product. They see and that. Think like every weekend, pick up Joe. And we have the best conversation driving back and forth. <laughs> Miles on the college car, got rid of that car. I, I, first year of my job as an administrator, I played my whole career not have one injury. Not one injury. Playing pickup in the gym at Fern Bacon Middle School, and I tore my patella tendon in June. I still got to pick up JoJo. Yeah. I would pick up JoJo, full leg and a sling. <laughs> Drive, pick her up. We come back, Sacramento. We practice. We go take her home. But bless JoJo's family because they had a plate for me every time I got to Saddles. Yeah, they had saying. a food <laughs> ready for me to go back home with. That's nice. Same thing with my girl. Um, um, I can't think of her name right now. Uh, Peanut from Chico. I used to pick up Peanut. She just graduated from Cal Berkeley last year. She played at Colorado. Every Friday, I go pick up Peanut. And right before you get to Chico, I can't even think of the little live oak whatever it is pick yeah. her up mom meet me there drive it back to sacramento that was a grind that team every kid signed major d once but now now these teams going back to the 
Nike tournament champion. We would go to Chicago. We beat pretty much every top Nike team every year. And we was like embarrassing them. But you were doing this But I was an independent. independent, Right? I was an independent, just straight JBL. And we were just, again, we were a Sacramento program. So it was like we were just a big dog in the town. And we were – so going back to those kids, Josetta had clearly played with other teams before AAU. Yeah. Never fed, never felt right, never worked well. End up, dad called me, wanted to come play for JBS. Mandy Coleman, kid just gra- she graduated from Oklahoma State, being one of the greatest players ever in the history at Oklahoma State. Just graduated maybe five, six years ago. Mandy Coleman actually played for a local program here. I didn't even throw him under the bus. But one of our coaches that just kind of screamed at kids. Gets good production. Right. But he bel- he goes hard on kids. And he knows he has to change. Right. And right. He, but he's still out here. Right. Still got a program out there. Kid quit. Kid quit. She quit playing basketball her sophomore year. Done. Not going to play anymore. I found somebody, somehow knew them, got a hold of the dad, said, just come see us one day. She comes to JBS practice one day. Kid ended graduating from Oklahoma State. She literally Very quit. Cool. Well, that team, Mandy was a 6'3 point guard. Okay? Like me. Couldn't shoot to save her life. Right. Didn't, didn't want to shoot it. But she was six three, can handle the rock like a like magic. Right, track star, big like me, big body, a beast. Josetta six three two thirty three fifty whatever she was, <laughs> shoots the three. So I had a vision like, and I had Sharice Holloway. It was a Tongan girl. Roller, she was the one the first kid rolling shorts up, and all she wanted to do was shoot threes. We good, right? Mandy, you penetrate, do what you do. <laughs> Josetta sitting out here wherever you need her. Sharice is going to shoot threes all day long. We thought outside the box. Well, we was knocking off every team. And then we go to one of the biggest tournaments. Um, it's called the, the Battle of the Roses in, in Tennessee. Okay. So we go out there. So <laughs> that's a good story. This is, but we're going to Tennessee. And um, again, fear of failure, putting a lot of pressure on my kids. We get out there and we get on a delayed flight, we get to Tennessee like at 12 o'clock in the morning. I made a mistake. One of the few times I make a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) One of the few times. I love that. (laughs) One of the few times I make a mistake. We get there on a, at 12 night, like say, let's say on the 22nd. Yeah. Like midnight 22nd, but I didn't book our hotel to the 23rd. Oh, so you can't check in. Can't check in. We're in Tennessee. We supposed to play like at twelve o'clock in the next day. <laughs> it's a Bible Belt Conference in Tennessee. Oh, Ain't a hotel to be no, found. Damn. Bible Belt Conference plus the AU tournament, the biggest tournament of the year. The Rose yeah, yeah, of yeah. Roses. I ain't got nothing for you right now. Got nothing, <laughs> not a thing. And we're like, what? Where'd you end up sleeping in the airport? Or no? So we searched. We got it. it God works crazy, man. The place that we're supposed to stay at, the lady that was there, the managing the hotel, the, the night staff, yeah, from Sacramento. Nice. So she's like, she's we gonna find job. y'all some baby girls. <laughs> so I'm like, she up. gonna help us. And she's from Sacramento. Just crazy story. So we're trying to find a hotel. We're trying to like look. Can we be where we're at? We're looking to go downtown, and then you know. And at that time, I'm a small program. We're on a budget. Yeah. I didn't budget for another like seven or a thousand dollars a night for yeah, rooms that night yeah, exactly. plus parents, right? Yeah. 
I'm like, we're going to go across the street to the Waffle House. Y'all going <laughs> to learn to love this because right. the Waffle House is the bomb out right. there. We go over there and we calling people, this lady calling people. We end up finding a <laughs> literally a hotel across the street from the gym we're about to play from the next morning. And it, they gave, they do give us a room something like 50 bucks a night that night. Nice. It was insane. See. So the story is, though, the next day we're playing against one of Boo Williams' teams. Oh, Boo Williams, I yeah. I don't know yeah, nothing Boo, about Boo Williams. Yeah, he's he's an, a, he's I did, an AU guy. Call <laughs> me. Top, the top team. The top, he is AU. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, Boo Williams, yeah. He is AU. <laughs> Boo Williams is the the godfather of AU. Like J.J. Reddick played for him. And all, I mean, there's a You look at Boo Williams, he yeah. started this Absolutely. whole thing. Yeah. Boo Williams started this whole AU circuit, this whole AU game. He is the man. I don't know anything about Boo and Williams. I'm like, who's Boo? And, <laughs> and we go out there, we play, and I feel like we are tripping. And I know we could be a little jet light, but I'm not making any excuses. Right. But I'm like, we tripping. And we're up by like 12 points at halftime. And I'm going off on them. I disrespect me. I got us out here on Tennessee. And we get in a hotel room. I don't care we didn't have a hotel room. Nobody cares. 150 coats on the sideline. I don't know who they're here for. Yeah. They clearly ain't here for us because the way y'all playing, <laughs> you look like a hot mess. Yeah, boom, and I, boom. So we end up pulling the game out. It actually winning the game by like six, seven points. Nice, winning it. And I go back. We're in the we're in the um, the convention center in in Tennessee in Nashville. I go in the locker room. I mean, we're not in the locker room. We're in the hallway. Yeah, and I'm going over. I can't believe. You. Embarrass me like that? You got one job. I don't. Your sponsor. Your sponsor. Your sponsor. You ain't even got to say a thank you. I don't want a card. I don't want a flower. I don't even want a cookie. You ain't got to give me nothing right. but just play hard. Represent the program. That's all you got to do. Yeah. I'm tripping, right? So I'm thinking they play bad, right? But we won. I head out. I'm like, and so I do this famous like, I'm out of here, <laughs> and I leave my coach to talk to him from that. So I leave and I'm walking down the stairs. As as I'm walking down the stairs. Every D1 coach that was there, as you know, when you get on the circuit yeah. and coaches like what they see on your program, they start doing this. Yeah. They start looking at you and you're like. Try to get in your eyesight. Right. Right. They're like. Like, hey, let me introduce myself. Yeah. I'm like, like, like I know you didn't like that trash. I'm not the hot mess. And they're like, good game, coach. Right. Right. Great job, coach. I'm like, what? And you think to yourself, like, good whatever. job, coach. I'm like, what the hell? Get down. I'm about the coffee shop by myself. I'm still, I'm really I'm mad. I'm right, not, right, I'm right. seriously upset. Get to the coffee shop. Coach goes, one coach comes to me, man, you know, you like just beat the number two team in the country. Like, who? Who? <laughs> she goes, well, that one kid signed with Georgetown already. That yeah. kid's going to SMU. That kid's going to Florida State. Like that kid said, already committed to know. Duke. I'm like, what? <laughs> So now I'm like, oh, damn, I owe my girls an apology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's what's up, man. That's how we started getting our name out there. We were just running through big dogs, and we didn't even know it. But that's, I mean, that's We didn't that's even the, know it. We didn't care what was on the hear. uniform. I'm like, just yeah, do us. That's always the And then I was always able to think outside the box. No, When I walk in the gym with a 300-pound wing, everybody looking at us like, man, please. Right. Okay. Wait Joe ain't no way, way to yeah. Joe put you on the spin move. Right, right. Joe was a beast. And then you like got a six three point guard there. And now it was like, who do you can't put a big on her? Because no. she was too quick. No, and you couldn't put a big, a small on her. We're gonna I'm post her. Like, post. So we was thinking outside the box and coach was like, look, Joe's had a sign with Utah. Cherie signed with um Arizona and Maddie went to Oklahoma State. Man, that's <laughs> and then our other kid ended up going to Hawaii. Our other starter. Yeah. So it was just 
and through that progression. Through that progression, people just, kept going, man, he keeps getting kids. And not only is he getting kids, they're developing. They're playing different. Like, yeah. I was using mindset. We Like, when I really get it going with the older kids, we start running parts of the triangle. And college coaches love the triangle. Yeah. Although they will never run it because they're afraid of it. Right. But when they see it in motion in the club scene at the highest level, they go, they love it. Right. So when a kid can do it in an AU scene, they're like, that's phenomenal. Well, because you're teaching them the psychological, the psychological part of the game, or, you know, the, the their, their IQ, right? They're, Absolutely. They're showing the IQ of the game because obviously you talk to enough college coaches. I talk to enough yeah. college coaches. They know kids have athleticism, speed, all that stuff. I mean, there's certain boxes you have to check. There's no doubt about that. But right. They can see a kid actually knows the game up top. Yep. That's what I think helps set them apart even more. I, yep. I tell kids right now, at least for me, I say, if you want to stand out in this era in basketball, play defense. Play defense. Because everybody wants to be a scorer. Play right? defense or rebound. Yeah. You're playing for me. Yeah. You can rebound like, the ball, you're playing for me. Play defense and and know the game. Really, like, know the game. Study right. the game. Right? right. Not just watch the highlights. Not just watching NBA highlights and all that stuff. Like, really understand and know the mechanics of the game. And right. It sounds like 100. that's what you've been teaching. So, yeah. So, we learn the game. And so, then... Like I said, we never worried about the name of the uniform. We just kept, like, upsetting a lot of really good teams. We were beating, like, big dogs. New Jersey, I can't think of the name of the team. We were beating big dogs. Big dogs. And I didn't know who they were. Right. And I and I don't I don't mind that being oblivious to that. Yeah. Being naive to that. I was just You're showing just up. Coaching. We were just showing and yeah. playing. And um, uh, so then one day we're playing in a uh, – and. There used to be a pro, Adidas program called OC Elite, Orange County Elite. The mm-hmm. guy, he's now a coach, a head coach at a Division Two in Atlanta. He kept, he told a guy from Adidas, like, "Hey, you really need to check this guy out." Yeah, like his program is legit. Like there's a guy in SAC doing his thing. Yeah, and and I will and I will say this, like, um, we're in, we don't have the best working relationship, that, and that's the one thing I, I don't like about AAU because a lot of times the AAU coaches feel like we really can't work together because we have to work against each other. And I tell a lot of coaches, and I'm I'm telling you straight up, I tell a lot of coaches, West Coast Elite coach, like Cal Star coach, the who else is kind of stepped on my toes, <laughs> um, um, Coach Buck out there with NorCal Finance now, whatever they call now, he used to be Peninsula Elite. Um, I, I'll tell a lot of coaches, even with Militant when they were around, I was like, you know, I I swear to you, to the core of my heart, and and I know we're like the big dog out here, but to the core of my heart, I wear the I'd rather work with you yes. than against you. It's just not good energy. Right. I like, agree. But if I have to, I can go there. But I'd rather work with you yeah. than against you. In the AU scene, it feels like when people want to be your competitor, they have to somewhat try to work against you. And I don't think it has to be that way. At, and I'll, I'll promise you, I'll never speak bad about a program or a coach i would always tell parents to use their own judgment to decide where their kid needs to be i don't care what a club done to me or did against me or how they try to backdoor my players i'm still not going to talk bad about you because that's just not good energy on my side yeah but the competitive teams in norcal that i know and i don't know what it's like in la but yeah. uh, but then again i've dealt with some situations when la guys try to come in back doors with some kids i wear the work with you than against you, but I can go against you if I have to. Right. 
because I got a chunk of money now from Adidas that kind of helps me yeah, to go, does. okay, at the end of the day, if a parent can say, I can play for free. And that's always the biggest thing, right? Every parent wants to play for free. That's that's the wall free I run, I good, run into. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know. You got to yeah. have some investment. Yeah. I make every kid have to put something up. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that, too. That's, you have to. That's what I always tell um, a lot of the programs. I'm, I'm, I, I can only imagine you get, I'm sure people might, text you or call you especially these young up-and-coming programs and they say you know you got any tips for me how do i get to be where you're at and those yeah. type of things and I, I i get that to a degree but i i tell a lot of the the young up-and-coming programs and stuff at least you know if they don't rub me the wrong way i just tell them i say you know you have to you have to get investment from parents early early and and yeah you, they gotta have some skin in the game you know what skin i mean Skin in the game they have to like if you make it free one they'll bad weekend, away. they'll just they're gone. They dip. Yep. And and and, and it's really prevalent on the boy side. <laughs> it's yeah. really prevalent. And, and what I do actually in my trials, I make the parents pay for trials. Yeah. Like if you decide to go somewhere, at least you pay like for our time. Like I got seven, eight coaches out there. Like and I do pay my coaches. I take care of my coaches. So, um, and I pay for all their travel and in their hotel, and we stay nice and we do things right. But um, there's got to be an investment. So, but like everybody who does want free. Everybody wants free, but yeah. you got to be somewhat put some in the pot a yeah. little bit, you know, especially if you can. Right. And now, and I'll, and this is a crazy story. Some of my best kids, Athena Tomlinson played for us from Fresno last year. Point guard, five, five, six, five, seven point guard was absolutely incredible for my program. Came to us from Cal Stars. Again, um, they were not happy with what was going on. They ended up coming to us. And I even give you a story about Mary Carter, for that matter, who played for Manantalo. Uh, But Athena Tomlinson could have wouldn't play for anybody in the country. Paid for every fee, every tournament fee, did not ask for one set of sponsorship, and was going to Boston College. Wow. Now that's rare. <laughs> going to Boston College, ranked number 60 in the country. Sarah Jane, Stanford, mom refused to take any sponsorship. Parents refused it. Nope, not doing it. I, mean, I, always, I ain't going to lie. I always appreciate parents like that. Always. That, they're different. Yeah. When they understand, like, you know, we have an investment. It's our kid. And at the end of the day, my kid just got a scholarship at Stanford, and she's now a nurse practitioner right. living her best life ever. And that's, and that's the <laughs> – that's the ultimate part because of, of the what stage I'm you can put her yeah. in and the way you're going to coach her. You want we want our kids, we want these kids especially to just live a good life. Madison you know Botcher, I mean? everybody knows Madison Botcher here. Played at at uh, Del Orr, one of those Sacramento legends. Great kid that just graduated the last couple of years. Now at Sac State, could have played for anybody. Used to play for Tom Tran for a little bit. No, did you play for? Yeah, live with Tom Tran for a little bit. Yeah, and then they wanted to get on the bigger stage. Right. That's a, parents refuse. Nope, absolutely not. We are not going to take. Everybody went after her. Everybody, stars, militant. Everybody went after Madison Bot. Nope, we're committed to Sean, and nice. we will not take free for. Nope, not doing it. Still today, I get text messages from Madison Dad today. She just got a knee injury, so she's going to be out this year for Zach State. But she's on the team that just well, the first team that went to the NCAA yeah, tournament. Yeah, that went to the tournament last year. Yeah, yeah. Refused to be sponsored. Crazy and was the most incredible kid. One of the most. She's one of my top five kids in the JBS ever. Just leader beyond leadership. Let me ask you: If a kid, because I'm I'm sure you dealt with this all these years. I've dealt with it too. If a kid was to leave your program for whatever reason, 
and was still able to find success. Do you or do you truly feel proud of that kid and things like? Because I th- I think AAU coaches sometimes we get this misconception like if a right. kid leaves we want to see them fail and it's like I don't and I'm pretty sure you don't have that type of mentality. But do you still feel pride for that kid if you see them succeed even from afar from another club or whatever? One hundred. Even if I think my program is the best place for them, mm-hmm. even if I still in my core know like this, you left a better situation. But I'm glad that it eventually worked out for you. Yes. I had Brooklyn Perry, kid out of St. Mary's High School, then she went to Folsom last year. Oh, yeah, I remember Brooklyn. Yeah, I remember. Had a, yeah, played with YBL. Yeah, bit, yeah, right? yeah, she played with us a little play, bit. Played all over, she played with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn, come to JBS finally because it was, it was one of those situations. I didn't go out to Brooklyn. Matter of fact, dad just texted me today. Yeah. Uh, didn't go out to Brooklyn. Brooklyn sought me out because they were like kind of burned bridges a little bit with different programs. Yeah, I'm like, okay, they want to be on the stage. Had a phenomenal sophomore year with us. Decided like, okay, I want to try to play in an EYBL program. Okay. Goes out there, didn't pan out for them, and then decided they want to come back. But when she went, I was like, man, I wish. And when she went again, I was like, go do that if that's what you feel. I wish right. you all the best. Right. Everybody knows she ended up tearing her ACL that following Sunday, summer though. And uh, but I was truly, truly like Mary Carter. Everybody knows Mary Carter. Player of the year, two years in a row. Drama happened at Rockland High School. Mary Carter tried to go to four different schools before she ended up at Antelope High School. She tried to go to, they tried to take her to Oak Ridge, tried to take her to Del Oro. They tried to take her to, it wasn't Whitney, doesn't I think Wood Creek. All those schools were impacted or wouldn't let her get in after the drama that happened at her high school at Rockland. Antelope was her last, last choice. Well, the deal was, when Mary was in the eighth grade, she played for JBS. Ninth grade, she played for JBS, and then she left us to go play for Cal Stars. Okay. Right? Now, I felt, this is during COVID, things was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I felt JBS was the best place for her, but when she went, I wish her the best a lot. Of course. And then, because I didn't have that, I hate you mentality, how dare you leave us, she ends up in Antelope High School. How's that? <laughs> right, she's up in Antelope High School, and we go win a section. And we go to right. we her first year. We go to the what state championship. We go to right, the, uh, right NorCal final. And it's like, and I, I've been in that boat with plenty of the kids that left or whatever. You know, I think I'm the best place for them and the best advocate for them. But you have to yeah. if you're a legit coach, you got to feel like you're the best. But that only means it's always going to work out, right? And then, but I'm not hating you afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, and. I, it's just, you know, there's some, and we we know this, there's some programs, coaches that feel some type of way. And, you Absolutely. know, I just, because you're here on the platform, I just yeah. wanted you to be able to sit in and say now, your piece on it. I'll be honest, it never feels good. No. It never, never feels does. good when your kid leaves you because you're like, they oh, forget, man. I, think, I feel like parents sometimes forget we're human. We're human. <laughs> like, we're people. Like, and, and cause With feelings. What I, what I always try to tell parents is especially because i trained too and whatnot i said remember all those hours your kid was in the gym 100 guess who was there with them 100 <laughs> like, yeah. like i was there too you know what i yeah. mean so when you now all of a sudden say you know thanks chris we appreciate it but now yep. we're here yeah yeah it, I, I feel for me why i deal with it the best is because of my professional career and in watching kids or teammates get traded sometimes and you got to shift quick it don't feel good, but you got to keep it pushing. Yeah. And, like, you're right. Like, you know, when Mary Carter left, I was like, man, we had you since you were in sixth grade. 
Now you're going to Cal Stars, same like you're saying about the guys on the guy's side. Yeah. Go be great in Sacramento. Put Sacramento on the map. Why are right. we going to go help Cal Stars when they're getting kids from all over the country? Yeah. And we and then she would have been an amazing kid if she stayed with JBS. Uh, but she went to play Cal Stars and been a role player. But I'm right now she's at Cal Poly, my alma mater, and I'm happy for her. But yeah, it never feels good when anybody leaves you. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Even, and it really, honestly, we know. I don't care if the kid don't even have any skills. Right. Right. Because they become part of your family, part of your yeah, investment, exactly. part of your time. Yeah. Part of your commitment. But I'm. I, I'm. I, I'm. Sweet, I, I promise you, it hurts for a second. But I. You got to move on. I shift quick. Because yeah. you get some used a good to thing. it. I guess you kind of numb know. to it. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Well, let me ask you this. Um, Couple more questions before we get out of here. Um, yep. It's been a great show, so thanks yeah, for bearing with me. Yeah, I know you, didn't know you realize I was going to talk so much, and nor did I. I, I, I really didn't know how you no, were talking about. You no, said this, this is going to be two this hours. Is, I'm no, like, this, this is, is a long. This is a long. No, I, I love this. I format. had no idea this was going to be. I'm trying to be Joe Rogan one day, man. Yeah, man. I want to be the Joe Rogan of AU. Legit, <laughs> like, legit. I was. I'm I, impressed. I, I know. I, I um, from your perspective, yep. As someone who is a three SSB program, yep. The only one really in Sacramento. Only one in NorCal. Um, if you're taking a lens on the boy side, and I know you yeah. know, I know you're not in it, but you know the landscape. But I know it, right? What do you think we're missing, or what's the piece we're missing to find, to really get a true? Because obviously, PHPS and and myself, right? And I say myself, not YBA, because they gave me the like they don't. When, when Dom and those guys and Justin and them came to me, they were like, Chris, we want you and your teams. We don't want the whole organization. Because YBA is still a Nike affiliate, right? So, right. you know, that's why if you look distinctly, the, it, the way it works with me, my teams are YBA Elite Rise. And then when you go to high school, we call it Team Rise, mm -hmm. right? And right. that's because we had to change the name because, yep. you know, we can't be a Nike Can program I? with Zero. Adidas. So... But again, we're not three SSB trying right. to fight to get there. I know PHPS is. I think there's Team Sacramento. They're another three SGB He's team. Like at a certain age group, though, right? He doesn't yeah. have the seventeen. No. Uh, Ryan's doing it with um, kind of worked it out with um, Phil Handy somehow. Yeah, yeah, and so, it, yeah, and, and so, so the boys' game, man. I I mean, the girls' game's getting a little like you got to kind of watch your back a little bit. You got to know who's calling shots. Uh, and it was trying to be moving and shaking because there is becoming more money involved. Right. The boy is a dog eat dog world game. And it's for you guys, you have to be really special in what you do and how you maintain your kids and how you, you got so many different elements that we do. Once you make a kid legit and a kid becomes like a top 10 and top 20, top 50 kid in the country, how do you hold him if he's not already part of a, a three SSB program or right. an, or an EYBL team? Right, because they can throw free, they can throw gear at these kids. You know, I I, I lost four or five of my top sixteen studs from this area that I had been coaching since like fourth fifth grade to Jalen Green Elite. Right, you so, know what I mean. And I understand that's a part of the game, but it still sucks. So how do you also get your foot or in the door when let's say there's been some kind of relationship between Ryan and Phil Handy. Yeah. Phil Handy's got a voice. Um, he's not really an Adidas guy, but he has a voice because he's a Lakers assistant coach, yeah, player development coach. Of and he's got a voice. Phil's my guy. Um, and uh, Phil and I used to play together in the San Francisco program together. So he's got people's voices. The girls game is still not like 
that where you have to be somewhat affiliated with a name, yeah. Jalen Green or Phil Handy or Team Lillard, Team or, Lillard, yeah. or CP3, yeah. right? They're all kind of put their names on some programs. So with they're giving slots because of that, because of the NBA guys' names on it. I just feel Sacramento deserves one. Sacramento because de- they pull from they pull from our kids so much. You so know much, what I mean? Yeah. Like these kids go down to the, take that two three hour drive to the bay. Ridiculous. And I'm like, and you know, I again the kids that went to Jalen Green, they're driving down to Fresno. Ridiculous. You know what I mean? And it's like ridiculous. Do y'all not get if we just because we got for one or two years said, hey, we're gonna bond. You know, stick together. We're gonna put ourselves on the maps. People will come and notice, but I guess that's just, I don't right. know. As so a pipe on the boy side, you would probably have to get somebody that's going to really finance it where they're going to say, okay, can we keep you guys all here? And now you're getting tricky with the whole NIL stuff. Like yeah. people are trying to pay the girls already yeah. in, in high school. And and I know in the boys, is it's even a different monster because there's so much more money in the boys' game. Yeah. And a, a potential, like, Jalen Green. If Jalen Green turns out to be who he is, he's going to be yeah. Jalen Green. He's got an NBA contract with a lot of sponsorship and money behind it now. Jalen Green was a prolific prep just three years ago, yeah. four years ago. Or yeah. he was at San Juan King Memorial before yeah, that, right? right? So it's just in order for us to really get Sacramento to get a team, somebody's going to have to really get buy-in from the elite level kid. Honestly, if even that wouldn't work. I was going to say, I would even like, you You take some of those kids that were at Sakai, some of those kids I know, I personally know come from struggling backgrounds. If you can get those kids to commit and stick around, then you may be able to do it with just straight, like street kids yeah. that don't only have too many options. But the problem is, kid gets legit. He's out. <laughs> there's sponsorship with Lillard. There's yeah. soldiers. There's, just a, it's a tough and I and you know I talk about it on the show and you know it's funny because some people don't like that I'm so candid about this shit but I just don't care you know what I mean right. like this is my platform so I'm like I'm gonna speak on it and um I want something for Sacramento for the boy side you know I at least even if it wasn't me I wanted to be somebody but you know for me I'm like why not me you right. know what I mean? Why not? Why not? Like, you know, why not YBA? Why not Team Rise? Like, you know, well, and I'm not going to stop fighting for that. No, you know? 100. But, you got to have a plan. Yeah. but I, the, I did all that without a plan, but now I understand. Yeah. I got to have a plan. <laughs> yeah. I um uh, I think I got two more questions. Yeah, two more. But yeah, you got to find a way to just kind of get kids to be like all in, man. Like, man, we, yeah. we and that's going to be rare at this time and age for, for the boys. And for the girls, like, I'm lucky. Like, you know, um. Uh, like I said, Liv is legit now. Nina Kane is legit now. And like, sure, people have called them. People not probably not Liv, but mostly Nina. And now they're like, why would I leave? Because it's I got here with this. That don't happen on the boys' side. Right. Right. And you gotta do your part and make sure that they're getting their offers and you gotta do your part where you're reaching out and advocating for them. But for the girl side, you just one parents trust you and, and they buy into what you do. Like Dixie, I can't even say Dixie, Mac, Mac Callahan, I can't even say her last name, right? But Dixie out of a Folsom High School place for me. Like a lot of kids, people didn't have a vision on her like I did. Yeah. Kid had an amazing summer. They're going nowhere. I can tell you that. That's it. They're going nowhere, no matter who comes at them now, you know? That's good. So I got, which is rare, this next year, my core eight kids are coming back from last year's top team. We're a problem. 
Yeah. So I don't need to go out and get kids next year. I had a vision like, okay, I'm going to make this because we're all going into the contract year next year. So, And so you want to come out and come out with a bang that year when you come out to end yeah, the contract year. Because we all got signed a three-year deal. Yeah, and then course. it's all game open again. Now, I'll tell you right now, the one thing I don't like about the club scene with the AUC, with the three SSP, is that I do have somebody else making decisions that can affect my program, whether they think I'd still deserve three SSB or not. Yeah. I don't like that. When yeah. I was an independent, I was like, we are who we are. Yeah. And we'll see anybody and everybody. Right. I agree. The only thing with the circuit did is like kind of made it exclusive who you can play. Yes. And now I have somebody else who's a good dude. I know you probably should have met Mike Barnett already. Who's yeah. in charge of Adidas. I have. Uh, Mike's a good dude. He, he has good intentions. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're deciding in December next year who still stays and who goes. Right. I'm not so. Yeah, no, I don't like <laughs> that like, either. Yeah. Because I'm still in the gym on Saturday yeah. and Sundays and grinding right, on right. Thursday nights now with my little baby because I got, I have to <laughs> have practice on Thursday <laughs> nights. But uh, I'm in the gym. Yeah. I'm there. So now I'm at the end of the day, you're going to decide like if we're three SSB or not. And then I got to make sure at the end of the day, if that does or does not happen, do I have enough buy-in for my parents that we are legit? Like, you wouldn't want to leave this. And that's what you get on the girl's side. Like, I got eighth graders right now. I know no matter what, they're going to rock with us no matter where we go. Yeah, yeah. No matter what. And they're right. legit. Right. That's good. And like you said, you got the buy-in early. Yeah. But what do you think about the um, NIL deals and whatnot on the girl's side? Like, obviously, last year, um, like, like – I, th- I think I mentioned it. Well, you talked a little bit about before the show with like Angel Reese and what that the, the girl side has accomplished in the collegiate side. And obviously, I think there's kind of a trickle down effect where now yes. you know women's basketball I, for sure, college and down is yeah. More I, I, I think some programs, as I'm hearing, some club programs in LA and certain areas are trying to put money in kids' hands and pockets early right now. I think right now I I'm all for it, but I think we just got to figure it out how they do it and how it works. Cause I think the beginning stage of it right now, as it's trying to be trickled down to the, this level to AU scene is going to get ugly. Yeah. People are going to be making promises, to certain kids and this is sports. Yeah. When you start making promises, you got to hold up to it. And I got a roster of 12 kids. Somebody's bubble is going to get busted. Right. Right. And typically, I usually keep about nine kids or eight kids on my roster right now because I know a couple of kids' bubbles are going to get busted that might fit for what we do. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's going to happen. Well, and, like, it's tough because my fear is, and I talked about it on some previous shows, is, you know, you, you now have a lot of kids with um, a lot of money, um just you know walking around basically you know what i mean like that's why they they, they said uh, angel couldn't go to school anymore you know what i mean because now you essentially have millionaires walking around college campuses imagine if um you've been to usc i'm sure oh yeah uh, and oh, yeah. you know a couple blocks oh yeah off of that campus it gets thick <laughs> now imagine you got william watts um, yeah. Yeah, imagine you got that millionaire going to usc you know the and unfortunately that you can't deny the the elements that are sure. out there you know what i mean how, how do we maneuver this well, so these are type of things nuances yeah, well, i'll I even about. add to that like you probably don't know 
I have a daughter. My daughter went to LSU last year, the year before last. Okay. So I've been to Baton Rouge. I've mm-hmm. been to uh, LSU. Yeah. You don't want to leave campus. Right. I'm, my daughter came back home. Now she's at Cal State Monterey Bay. I sleep a little easier at right, night. Right. Like LSU losing, it ain't no joke, man. That's what I'm saying it is not no joke. And so you're talking about like right injuries walking around. It you know people opportunities. Yeah, if I get an opportunity to come up on, they're gonna come up. Uh, so uh, and same like you're saying with USC, like you these guys are getting crazy amount of money. You look what happened at Colorado with the football players from Colorado yeah. that got robbed at the UCLA yeah, stadium. That's insane. Um, but it, it's, it, it's Again, I, I can't really speak on the NIL deal because I don't really know enough about it and how it's trickling down more to the AU. But I will tell you this. I need to learn about it because I would never want to lose a kid yeah. because of an opportunity we could have provided for them. But I thought about this on my flight back from the Philippines. At the end of the day, those kids, your top kids that are getting sponsored, they're probably sponsorship is probably worth between thirty five hundred to five thousand dollars per kid. Right. Is that not an NIL deal? Is that not other than seeing the actual money in your hand? Is yeah, that not exactly, like basically exactly what that is. when you talk about your flight, your hotels, your club fees, your uniforms, your gear, you're talking about for those top kids, it's about thirty five hundred dollars per kid. And it's like, and you want more? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Capitalism at its best, I but guess. But that is basically an NII deal. Yeah. Basically, you are not paying a dime right. for your very top kids. Yeah, I agree. Um, got a hot take. Okay. <laughs> so, now that we're rolling into high school season. Yes, sir. And you have a unique perspective because you are a uh, high school coach and heavily involved in AAU. Yes. That's why I wanted to ask you specifically this question. Um I've observed because I've, you know, I've worked at high schools. I worked at Whitney. I worked at Encina. I worked at Oakmont. You know, I was JV freshman, whatnot. Um, what, uh, shout out to Matt Johnson. I was going to do Shaq High until oh, all yeah. that went down. But, um, you know, I, I always, in my opinion, in observing the landscape, there's this weird tension between not a lot, not every high school coach. I want to say, if I'm being honest, the high school coaches that are, I would say around my age, because I'm, I'm 40, right? So I would say the high school coaches that are between, like, you know, my age of 35, 40, 40, you know, whatever, they understand how AAU can help their kids. Right. It can actually do a lot of work they don't have to do. So they like to work with AAU coaches. Like I brought up Coach Holloway at Vanden. Me and him worked. He's sent me kids from Vanden. Uh, coach sent his daughter to us this year. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. he and Coach uh, Clark at Ponderosa. He sent me kids. You know what I mean? Like, and I have great relationships with these guys. Um, but there still seems to be a, a weird tension in the air of um, AAU coaches, directors versus you know, high school varsity coaches, you know what I mean? Um, it's just this weird. And I just curious your perspective because you're, so, you're in both worlds. You I'm know what I mean? Both worlds. And I think this is where it gets pretty interesting to me. So I have this weird balance when it comes to some of the high school coaches and part of my success with the club. I have great working relationship with the high school coach because I tell kids first and foremost, and they're high school coaches i am a high school coach first yeah i do the club as my hobby so i'm not ever taking away i'm never making a kid miss a practice with you 
or choose us over anything you're going to do as a high school team. Like this summer, pretty much a month of June, which is a big month for high school, but also a preparation month for getting on the circuit before we hit July. Absolutely. I probably saw my top dog kids maybe once or twice in June, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't tripping. Right. And the coaches respect that because you could try to put your hand down like, look, we're about to go play in front of a thousand coaches. You're playing at, I don't know, God knows what summer league tournament that's going on right now with nobody there. And I need you to be the best you can be in front of these college coaches if you want to play the next. You can push that hammer. I don't do that. Yeah. So you respect what they're. I respect their. I respect their space and their time. Now, do I want them out there when they? Absolutely. But I respect, and I'll tell this to the high. I'll tell this to the high school coaches too. If you want, let me know your schedule, and I'll work around it. We need to have them at. You know, let me know when and where. Now. Working with them on their practice time and not like colliding with them and, and creating tensions with them for the people that know. Okay. We are a great relationship. You look at my kids from Oak Ridge, both, we're great. We're fine. We're great. Now, the coaches that don't really understand the club scene believe that, and it does. Let me say this right. They believe. The success at Antelope is only truly based because of JBS. And they think JBS kids end up at Antelope, which you go down the roster at Antelope, my kids are all from Antelope Crossing Middle School. Now, are they in my program? Yes. Yeah. Are they getting better because they stay with my program? Yes. Guess who doesn't miss practice in June? It's the Antelope kids because I'm controlling Antelope right, practice right, and I'm exactly. controlling JBS exactly. practice. Exactly. So my Antelope kids don't miss nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to continue to get better. But – a lot of the, the one that like kind of take now the you got the so that's the funny world I'm in. You have the club haters that kind of want to take you down because of, you're the big dog in town. Yeah, and for the most part, like I said, I rather work with you than against you. But of if course. you cross the line, yeah. I have no problem going right, like right. gloves off. We yeah. can we can get down. You go low, I go low. You go, I can go low. <laughs> I, I choose not to because I don't. At the end of the day, right? My mama told me to be a good dude, right? And I, but I can and I have. I've gone there. I've done it. Like okay, you want to go out there being right, one of my right. kids? I'll show you how we can do this yeah. and how I'll show you how to work. So I have the club haters that I try to work with, but then you have those high schools that think you're only successful because of JBS. But they don't understand, again, where I started from, from Highlands, from Ground Zero, I started at Antelope when it was dirt, right? I've been the only girls high school coach at Antelope. We were dirt. So I started at Antelope as a JV coach. We were terrible for the first four years. And I remember telling Becker, I was arrogant. I said, give me two to three years and we're going to be a monster. Okay, so it took five years. My bad. I miscalculated, dog. But what I have done now at Antelope is I have set a standard of how we do things, and now it runs itself. I'm in practice this week, and it seems like we've been in – we're in midseason form already. We just had tryouts, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so the high school coaches that don't understand – how I separate both of them, I get the hate from them. Yeah. You know, because we've been so good for the last 12, 13, 14 years now. Uh, but for me, now I do know this other high school coaches and club programs, they have problems. Yeah. They have a lot of problems. And I think, honestly, I think the the AU coaches have to maintain where their real position there and places are. Like, 
we have good basketball in Sacramento. So our coaches are really committed on both sides, girl yes. sides and both sides. Like even when I first started, that was the first thing I noticed when I first started the club scene in the Super Sixty, like running a showcase here. I'm like, we have coaches that are committed. Like, yeah. and when I first started programs, you guys don't even for the girl side, you don't even know what's good. Like when I first came in, it was Bear River High School was a monster. Okay. I couldn't beat Bear River for nothing. Right. Program that's in the dirt right now. El Camino could not yeah. be. El Camino was the top dog NorCal finalist every year. Mariloma. These oh, these Mariloma. teams can't even win a game right yeah, now. You yeah, know? These were the top dogs when I first came in. Sack high. Well, yeah, girls. Sack high. Yeah. They went, you know? Right. Uh um, Kennedy High School. Mm -hmm. These were the top dogs, and now they went. Yeah, you know they went elsewhere. But when I first came into the game, the girls' game, I was like, man, coaches are playing summer league. They're playing fall league. They're playing spring league. Like you said, they're dedicated. They were dedicated, dedicated. I'm like, this is amazing. So I had to catch up. But a lot of the people now they don't understand how some of us maintain our success. They think it's. Because right. we get kids transferred yeah, yeah, yeah. or we do things not right or whatever. Right, but right. it's like we grind. Yeah. But we grind at the beginning, so now it takes care of itself. The infinite game. The infinite game. Just keep going. Man, I'm going to use my line. Right? I'm going to put that on my uniform. <laughs> I'm going to put that a bag of JB. I'm going to steal that. You don't mind. <laughs> no, all right. Game. Please do. Best coaches steal. I'm going to put that a little in the back of our next uniform. The just infinite believe, game, man. Infinite game. Just keep going. Uh, yeah. Like, that's what I tell my kids. Just keep going. I mean, no, nah, that's, that's great. I think it's about relationships. It's a balance, yeah. yeah you got to have know. a balance, man. And then both coaches. Like, yeah. get your egos out of the way because at the end of the day, we want the best for the kid. Exactly. I th I always tell my – because I've had parents ask me, you know, if we don't do high school, can we – I said, no, no, no. Let's yeah, not even go that true. route. That's, yeah, like, I heard that before. You need both sides. You need both sides. You need both sides. Both sides have value. Both sides teach both. I got one for you. So, mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. Where would you go to high school at? Oakland Tech. Oakland Tech. Mm -hmm. And then – uh, so you know the Roseville Middle School League out here? Yes. Yeah. Kids can't play AU. Can't, can't play AU during. It's affecting my seventh, eighth grade group right now. I got a bunch of kids at uh, Antelope Crossing. Right. Funny enough. Yeah. Are you kidding me right now? Right. Come on. <laughs> like, really? I think it's a dumb. As far as I know, I think we're the only people that because I've asked people in other states and other even you know in the Bay and, and I, I was like, have y'all ever heard of this? They go, no. Most ants and I rule in the history of it. I run the league, the middle you, school league in Sac City. I'm curious. Do you know the history of don't, where this came from? Because I literally don't know where it came from. Don't I was know, trying to find out. Don't care, but yeah, I've been dealing either. with it for the last 17 years since I've been in Antelope High School. Yeah. Because when I, you know, the, my kids are coming up, like even my Janiah Harrell, even my stars that were at Antelope Cross, and I had to miss them for their season while they're at Antelope Cross. Yeah. Well, just ants and I is stupid rule in the world. But I've had those kids at one point go, we just won't play middle school basketball. And I have to go, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. the, I'm the jerk. You right. can't do that. No. <laughs> I tell my kids that too. It looks crazy. Because I, I also tell I say, you're going to go to high school with some Anyways. of these kids. Like, and I, t you know, I try to tell my boys, I'm like, ultimately, it's okay. You know, yeah, yeah it sucks because we're going to probably miss some stuff. You're going to come back with some bad habits. I know that. You're going to come back rusty. But I said, rusty. but you know, I said, but you know, the cool part. It gives you all an opportunity to be your LeBron James, your Stephen Curry. You can be the man because I know you're probably the best kid at your school. So go enjoy your six weeks. Enjoy your break. 
be honest, I probably could use a break. And then yeah. it's like, come back. I'll see you guys later. Well, I'll add one to that. So what I tell my students, this is going to be the first time you're going to actually do school and basketball and academics all at the same time. Yes. When you first your first time before That's you get to high critique. school, it yeah. all goes together. That is. Because you've just been doing club stuff. Now, yeah. I, I never checked your grades while you were playing right, in situation. Right, I right, never asked right. for your report card. Exactly. Or your behavior record. So now this is the first time that all goes together. You, you have, have to, to balance it. Yep. You have to start balancing it out. So I've had plans. I was like, yeah, you should quit. Nah, you don't quit. <laughs> <laughs> don't no, quit. Man, but no. yeah, it's the most, it's the dumbest rule. But uh, yeah, I don't know where, I don't know. I don't care either. Like you said, I just think it's like, why are we do that? Whatever. Yeah. But it, keep playing, play the middle school year, two months. It is a long time. And you're right. A lot of times the kids come back a step slow. They missed a beat, and you got to catch up. Yeah, those kids like my league in Sac City Unified. We don't have that rule, right? You can play as long as you exactly. want to. So those kids going to keep playing because I have some Sac kids that like. So some of my seventh graders are Sacramento kids, but obviously they're seventh grade team. Majority of them are out here, so they're shut down. Yep. So I've been playing them up with my eighth grade. Yep. And so, and because half my eighth grade is Sacramento kids, so I kind of have this weird mix mixture team. Yeah. But I've said. You guys are going to get the benefit of playing up 100 for the next yep. six weeks, seven weeks. So that way, when all your teammates come back, you guys will probably be better than them right now. Right. So, you know, I, there's ways to, I guess, maneuver around this. But um, uh, maybe I need to spread my, like, my JBS seven grade team. They're going to be a mess. They're all from <laughs> Roseville. They're all about to be gone. <laughs> but I might be able to mix them up with some more sack style kids. <laughs> nah, <laughs> so, real talk. Um, let me. Get my it's my outro music. Okay. I, um No, I appreciate you coming here, man. That was good, man. I We've been trying to set talking. it up for a while. I, I know. know I talk a lot, man. Uh, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. This is what I trust me, you did exactly what the idea of what the show was. I'm gonna have a lot of good clips yeah, I can put out on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I got because I the Bobby Jackson episode I just did. I watched that whole thing today. Yeah, you did you like that? Yeah, it, it was good, fine. good, yeah, yeah, man. He and that was funny enough, that was the Day before he was leaving for Philly. Okay. He, yeah. he finally linked up and he was like, Chris, I'm going to come through. I'm going to sit down and talk with you for at least an hour. Cool. Let's talk. No, that <laughs> was like, fine. That, that was, was good. Um, did you have any quick shout outs no, or anything man. you want to get? Uh, so, what made you put, put this all together? What was your, your, your thrive to this? Honestly, if you want to know the truth, uh, I, le- I, was, I was a fan of Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson's podcast, All the Smoke, um, and other podcasts, because I work at UPS. That's my actual job. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I have a, and, um, and so I'm always listening to podcasts when I'm at the Hub. And I was like, we have a lot of people talking to the high end. Yeah. Right? You know, the Stephen A's, JJ Reddick's, they all got their podcast, Draymond Green. They talk to the high end, but there's this big gap of in-between where we don't talk to the kids as they're up and coming. Again, let's right. say Andre Stiakovic makes it to the league. Sure. I was able to have a sit down with him before he any of that there. happened. You know right. what I mean? And I and I don't think there was enough AAU podcast really explaining how this works, what to look for. Consistency. Yeah, I don't Consistency. think. Consistency. Having giving coaches like yourself a platform because a lot of people don't know your guys' history. They don't. They see, like you said, the guy on the outside. They right. see the they see the small five percent of you. They right. don't get to sit down and really hear where you come from because I think this humanizes us. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Yeah. So 
that's honestly where it came from. It was just wanting to create a voice for everybody. No, this is fire, man. Thank uh, you. This is real good. I appreciate I'm it. I'm glad I finally got it to do it. Me too. We've been talking about it for about a year or something. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And um, shout out to all the high school kids. Your high school senior sergeant. Good luck to you, coach. Good luck. You good know. luck this year. Um, and uh, everybody have a good season. I will have uh, links for uh, coach. Go follow him, please. Um, you know, go check his program out. If you're ever in uh, hardwood and you and you see, like you said, the orange and gray, and <laughs> go, go go watch him <laughs> yeah. and uh, see his journey. Again, if you made it all the way to the end, you're a real one. Do the HBO special again. Hit that like, subscribe, help a brother out. Um, be safe. Uh, take care out there in that basketball community. And peace. Yeah, I'm going to push this out to the Philippine community. This is going to go viral. Oh, that would be perfect. <laughs>